0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. This week we're talking about sedicate, that is, what you should and should not do when you're recording something. My name is T. (laughs) Christie and I'm not eating on mic. Brian William Finifter. Greetings. <laughs> Michael Darkman. Scott. Hi. And Trini Stokes. Pass those fries. We were just having a conversation sort of off mic talking about the various things that one should know when they're going to work on a set. And or, or even visiting a set. Or visiting yeah. a set. That, that's also a big thing because I have we have stories about that too. Yes. But various things, and we're talking mostly about film. It's just funny because Brian was still eating when we started recording.
1: For fulfilling a basic biological necessity. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, like eating is a human right. Anyway. <laughs> so, Setechit is obviously Romney a port- 2012. It's a, yeah. It's a <laughs> it's a portmanteau of a set and etiquette. That is to say the right things to do on set so that you don't get in anyone's way and everyone can do their job right. And there's a there's a billion things like that. Not I mean, the the, the most obvious one just to figure out a place to start is there's a whole glossary of terms that you will never hear anywhere else. Yeah. An extension cord is a stinger pins or C47s, etc. etc. I'm pre- Like, some
2: of them are useful. C47, I'm pretty sure, is it, deliberately... It's, 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 a, yeah. I think, it's I think, I think it started
0: as a troll and just it's, caught yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It was like iPhotos or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also various all the things that you can do if you're the guy with the slate, all the things that you should do if you're the guy running sound, all the things you should do if you're acting, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. and PAs and running in and running out. I actually don't have a tremendous amount of experience on set. I think Brian actually has more than I do and probably Trey. Other than Trey, I would, uh, out of the three of us, I would probably have, have the most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We were talking before just to get started about uh the second AC which is the second assistant cameraman who is the typically the person who runs uh the clapperboard and things like that. The first AC tends to be the focus puller, yes, that right? That's yeah. correct. Uh and then you know and the, and changes the lenses and stuff. Yeah. yeah like the, that.
3: the first AC is always usually sitting next to the camera touching it along with the Right. Maybe may, can sometimes be the camera operator. Yeah, depending and on yeah. That's a, that, can that's, be a, that can be a loose job. That that's he, a
1: good way of saying it. The first AC yeah. is always next to the camera, and the second yeah, AC, the second AC is, going is always back and forth,
3: running back and forth.
0: The camera cart
3: carrying carrying yeah. film in the old days, or digital cards in, in the modern era.
0: Right. And this all this all was brought on by a conversation we were having before we recorded, because last night Mike and I were up until five in the morning shooting a movie at his house. And I was the second AC and I was the guy with the the slate. And here are some fun things about that. We were talking about it beforehand, but I want to go over it now. Um, First of all, here's why, in case you happen to not know why we have a slate on things like that we don't actually need them for a lot of digital productions yeah, but
2: you need it with film a lot of people yeah a lot of people i think today probably don't know because they because of the digital revolution and stuff like that it's coming back because of stuff like the red and and the scarlet and stuff like that that don't have built-in sound and you have to do um what's called dual system
0: sound we're, um or sync sound we're talking about just in case i'm sorry i don't want to over belabor here but yeah. we're talking about when you the guy who leans in at the beginning of the take and says you know scene one take three marker, clap, and then leans out. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So the...
2: But nowadays, uh, I think a lot of like low-budget productions on handy cam still do it because they see the pros do it. And and it looks think, so cool. It's yeah. ve- well. It's very it's very much a, a, a cargo cult thing where they're oh, like yeah. that is how you make movies. We don't understand the process,
3: but we are doing it. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do it because that
2: will make a movie come out of the other end. Um, but you actually do need it if you have a camera, say say a film camera or one of the higher end, uh, um you know digital cameras that you cannot directly record sound to, or you can, but it's not like built in. And sometimes it's just a hassle to try and hook it up. So the whole idea is you're recording the image to the camera and you're recording the sound to a separate system somewhere else with, you know, a guy with headphones. Usually what's called a DAT recorder. Like that.
0: Yeah. Digital audio track? Tape tape, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, although, yeah. Um,
3: I mean, that's kind of archaic now. Now it's yeah. really more like a solid state system of some kind. Something, Some guy over there. Yeah. It usually yeah. just goes to a little uh, memory card now.
2: Yeah. It's
0: a guy over in the corner with really nice headphones sitting on an Apple box and looking at what looks for all the world like a cooler with a few really expensive <laughs> yeah. boxes in it. Yeah. And he's spinning dials and looking at levels and stuff like yeah. that.
2: So the whole point is, uh, and and if you've, you've heard the process of, of why they do it that way, they'll run the sound first because sound is so much cheaper than film sound speed and they will say sound speed and then you roll the camera camera, camera, speed. Ahead, camera speed and then you say what's on the slate and then so that you can hear it on the on the audio you can see it on the image so you know this this visual take is with this audio take and then you clap the sticks because that gives you a spike in the waveform that you can then say okay that is where the sticks clapped and then you can watch and see where the sticks clapped yeah, on video, and you can line those up you know, basically to frame accuracy, sometimes you want to slide it a frame before or a frame after, depending on what exactly you see in right. the sync, but it, it gets you within basically a, f- a frame. Um, and that's how you get the sound together for a, a process like that. And that's why that is so important on those
0: kinds of productions beforehand jeff was talking uh the uh our editor buddy uh was talking about the things that you should do if you found yourself in that situation uh one the most important thing is that you can see a the thing clap and b what's written on it so big fat marker if you need to because often the editor will be looking at it in a tiny little window so big fat marker that says what what you're talking about additionally speak clearly Make sure that no one else is speaking when you're speaking and certainly not speaking or making any sound when you're clapping it. Make the actors shut the fuck <laughs> up. Yes.
1: I do a lot of editing and assistant editing myself and the one that consistently the one thing that I always am dealing with is the, in those seconds before the, the take actually starts, the actors just love to, to chatter or in one case, this is probably my favorite case, uh, you know, probably won't be able to hear it, but on um, one movie I was assist, assistant editor for, uh, one of the guys did this <laughs> i probably can't hear it but, who's doing this? Like drum roll yeah uh while the thing was clapping so looking at the waveform <laughs> nothing was listening to it there was literally no way for me to be able to to pull out the one versus the other um so make them not do that make everybody shut the fuck up so that when you actually see the waveform on the on the timeline it's quiet 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 Clack, which is a very clear spike. It's just a little the, line on the yeah, yeah It's just if you ever look at any kind of audio, you'll just you'll see, you'll know what you're talking about. Uh, and that way, it's very clear and it's very quick. the The, the problem is because when whenever you're on set, whenever you know, have a whole army, and you're spending you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a minute to assemble this army to do something. Obviously, everybody's moving as fast as they can, and it's very tempting a lot of times to go. Oh, we don't have t- the sun's going down in thirty seconds, and we need we need to get the shot, so we're going to save ourselves ten seconds by not doing A, B, or C. Which more often than not is compromising some aspect of the the slate uh, process, which is fine, and that's a trade off that people have to decide in in, in the moment. But just. What I what I find is a lot of producers and, and assistant directors and like, they don't take into account that the five seconds they save there costs oh, five yeah. or ten minutes in post production. And so, when it becomes a habit, you know, once or twice is not a big deal. But when on, they're like, man, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Well, on, on the on the same movie, it was a similar kind of. They would they would do that all the time. There are a lot of pages a day, a very cramped schedule. So like, uh, five, you know, five seconds, whatever. But you would that that 5 seconds for them meant 5 minutes for me and you know 10 times a day yeah. i was not a happy camper or worse because if if um if you're in a situation where they they
2: often are skipping it or doing it you know improperly or something then you're going I have a pile of audio tracks, and I have a pile of takes, and I have no idea. I don't even know
1: which one's associated with which. Yeah, yeah. and that and that becomes a huge part well, of the, the problem. Word, yeah. Is you know, that's untangling. The worst thing. if whoever
0: was on set wasn't even labeling files, yeah. then you're in a world of
1: hurt. Yeah. yeah.
0: And here's a couple other interesting little thingies about uh, the slate before we move on. One, you can uh, put the slate at the end, by the way. That's where uh, that, was, uh, that was going to be too. Yeah. Uh, one is the old tail slate. Jim. If you're ever in that position, uh, the term "soft sticks" means you clapped it really, really loud, and you startled everyone. You might have. <laughs> hurt the sound guy and you might have scared the shit out of the actor that you slammed it right in front of. Bear in mind, if you're slating, you're probably slating pretty close to where the talent is, so you're probably slating right where the mics are all at, so you don't have to like nail. Yeah, you don't the, have to whack that doesn't It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. have to be a... It can just be a just as long as you can hear the, the way nice and clear it depends on the shot know, right and as long as it doesn't bounce you know, yeah, if the microphones are 30 it. feet away and no one's in your face then do what you got to do there's yeah, actually it, an art it, to
3: to how you close those sticks i mean yeah. you want to do it nice and clear you want to make sure that it's visible to the camera the moment of contact yep. and you want to make sure it's not a you know it doesn't bounce go yeah you, yep. you want to have some ability to
0: do it with one hand because typically sometimes, yeah, sometimes you'll sometimes end up you in can, a situation where you can't get in you got to reach into a car window or something like exactly. that exactly and it's and it's tricky And the other thing uh is uh doing an end slate because typically you'll do know? this at the beginning because. It's just easier for the editor to look it up, you know, sync it in the beginning and then watch the take. But if you're in a situation where for some reason you have to go, the second, go, go, roll right now. Um, First of all, have your slate ready immediately. Like as soon as the other one claps, switch it out so that it's ready for the next time in case they say go the second. And you can just start rolling. And before you say cut, then you lean in with the slate and you can flip it over and clap it then that's an end slate yeah the tri- and, and the trick- you'll do the same exact thing as you do in the beginning you just do it at the end and to signify that upside down
2: yeah it's a it's a it's another thing that seems like it's this weird like alchemy it's like why would you do that that's just like you know you're, you're being smarter people than
1: you I've, figured yeah, out that's yeah. the best way to do it well i've actually wondered what the point in the in the new digital age of uh having a slate upside down for the tail slate because its purpose originally is when you know when you're shooting on film out of the camera, together. it's just one long piece of film. Yeah. It's one long film And strip. you'd see two slates next to each other. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the upside down tells you to... To group that in with the film before, as opposed to the film right. after, yeah, but think it with, still
3: has a validity because if you're looking at a piece of footage that doesn't start with the slate, you just know to run to the end. That's yeah. true. That's a you good know, point. But you know, but that, that's it's just it's just a way of verifying. Yes, this, this is, is what it was intended. It, it was meant to be at the end. Yeah, when we show you, that's, we're, fair we're, point. We're that's proving true. that by having it upside down. We did this on purpose. Yeah, I think there's I think there's
2: also just a point of it has a validity in film, and film has not yet ceased to exist. So it's yeah, yeah. You might as well just, just ma- know how it works. Just maintain that habit. Because if you're ACing on something with film, then you're doing it, and if you're AC you, you're in the habit, you're doing it properly. If you're ACing on something that's digital, you don't need to, but it's not going to get hurting anything,
1: so you might as well. The, the other thing uh, I will mention about being an AC, which I've also have been, uh, actually, I think it's the last job I did, the most recent one. Um, as soon as say it's you know scene one, uh, take one, whatever, it is, scene one A, take one. As soon as you clap for take one and you run off to the side and they do the take. Race, yeah, take one and start take two immediately. Two, yeah, because in, in case they say, "Wait, going again now?" Yeah, ten seconds later, they'll be like, "No, no, no. Okay, we got to go again right now, right now, right, right. now." And right. you want to be ready. You don't. It's just it, like this is a broader, broader set etiquette thing. You don't ever want to be the reason <laughs> yeah. why people are waiting around. Yeah. yeah. Also, you don't on, ever yeah. want the set to be waiting around be, on you to because do they will they will
3: invariably call you on it.
1: Yes. They will say literally say, waiting on sound. Yes. Waiting on slate. Waiting on arts or yeah. waiting on makeup or whatever it yeah. is. Right. And you don't ever want to be that person.
0: Yeah. Now, if you're... Do I have one more thing on this? No, I don't think I do. I thought you said three. Oh, but, yeah. I have a, I have a third well, one. Okay. Uh, but I, on the subject of that real quick, the other thing is, if you are not ready... It's, if you're, you know, slate, I guess, but more specifically, if you're sound or camera, if you are not ready, say hold for sound. Yeah. Make yeah. sure that you're doing your job because it's not a solution if you just pretend like you're doing your job right, right, That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you if, pre- or, or, or the take sorry, is happening hold for
3: sound. and you haven't admitted that you're not actually right. getting the sound or yeah. you know, right. something's exactly. wrong
0: That's, if you blew the focus make sure someone worse. knows blah 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 yeah. but the third thing about the slate thing is we, we, we are using uh, because we don't have one of the really nice exp- you can get incredibly expensive slates if you want to that are digital oh, and yeah. sexy as shit with they're like, what you tend to see on, the digital counter on them. Yeah. All or and stuff. there's also like iPad apps and shit but we're actually using a slate that I stole from my friend in high school and it is a party store prop it's like a 1930s Mm. black and white put your name on it like it looks like it's supposed to be made out of chalkboard material but it's not it's (laughs) actually just wood with black paint on it so the solution for this and i've seen it elsewhere too and it's a great idea is instead of if you're in a situation like this um you don't need a whiteboard you don't need a digital counter if you have white gaff tape and a sharpie marker because what you do is on the back of the slate just make a bunch of squares of white gaff tape that you can take off and stick on anywhere and you write all your numbers and all your letters on that and then you just take one off pop it on the front. Front, yeah. And then for the next tape, pop it that's, off, that's pop on pop two. We did it
3: in the old days. You on the back of the slate, you super have, fast. Yeah. No, I still do that
0: now. And you know, you can. The the only problem with that
1: situation is invariably something will come up. Like, oh, we're inventing a shot. It's not in our, sh- and it's not whatever. So we got to call this shot x 97 so it's like oh i don't have an x here so yeah. well, you can that's why i you, mean that's why you keep gaff that's, tape when you Sharpie on you. that's when you earn your money my friend yeah be aware on you. that whatever system you set up there will always be a wild
0: card yeah that's that's why i i when we were doing stuff like uh, we were doing this weekend and previously i always keep the gaff tape that we have on me yeah. because otherwise it's going to get lost because we don't have a gaffer really we don't have you know, grips well, particularly the gaffer doesn't well, the gaffer doesn't sorry, literally you're right, you're right. Yeah. Right, sorry about right, right. But we don't have grips. We don't have guys that are running around with tape all the time. And otherwise we would just fucking lose that tape. It would just be, it's <laughs> yeah. like, where's the gut? All right. Yeah. Hold for finding tape. Well, yeah. listen. the, anyone who's been,
3: whatever their job is, you know, they're, they're usually pretty adept. They will have their little, you know, I, I haven't had to be a onset worker in quite some time. It's great to be the director. Cause you just kind of go, you know, yeah, I'm just going to sit in this chair and tell people what to do. It's awesome. I'd like a latte. Yeah, but um, but you know, anyone, no matter what their job is, they invariably will have their little their little tool pouch that has all the you know like packed and by the door. So when yeah. they head out the door, it's like I've got two sharpies and all the colors I need, and I've got a piece of tape, a roll of tape, and I've got clothespins and a everything. Leatherman, and I've got ten safety pins, and I've got whatever things I need to to you know even if I just and I'm just a script supervisor exactly just roll out of the You know,
1: the, oh scripties. Interesting, have a it whole whole is, well, interesting thing
3: about it. script supervising. Do yeah, we we'll talk about that in a sec? I one of the things that's that's kind of related to this but is a bigger picture thing um I'm always really impressed, and, and I, I love being on set. Being on set was the thing that when I was a kid, and I was like, thought it'd be fun to be in the movie business. Being on set, you know, just, just that—that's the fantasy, just that weird, silly glamour of you know all that stuff happening, where they you know they actually say speed and rolling and clapper, just you know just, that always seems so cool. And and then when I finally got to be on sets, I was like, wow, it's just like it's it's just like <laughs> in the movies, making
1: movies. This is the one thing the movies didn't lie about. And there is
3: still there is still for me to this day. It's like that moment of quiet please and the slate, and you know here we, you know that I love that. You know, here it is. We're about to this. We're about to make a thing, and it might be awful or it might be fantastic. But you know, there'll be there'll be that moment to where, you know, the coolest thing is uh, the ultimate coolest thing is when, whether it's a movie I'm working on or a movie I'm just observing, because I'll I'll just show up on anyone's set if I'm allowed to. Uh, Just please let me be on your. Just let me visit. I'll stand in the back. I'll stay by the monitor. I'll be quiet. Um, Is when you see something happen. You know, a shot happens, and and you. So often there is a there's a time where you can something will happen or an actor will do a performance because usually that's what you're shooting um, or it might be a building explodes um, and you go, that's in the movie. I just saw a thing happen that's going to be in the movie. And then months later you see it and you go, I was, I was right there when that, that was happening. I was right. (laughs) You know, when, when now it's in a movie for everyone else to see, I was there when they made that moment happen, when that moment was created, whether it's an acting moment or a building exploding, whatever it is, that's, that's always to me is like the core of the whole matter. But the bigger picture that I want to talk about is again, with the the set concept, one of the things that I really like seeing on a set and you can, you, it's something you only notice in its absence is you know, yes, there's the clapper guy, um, and there's but there's all these other people, all these other departments, all of which have these interlocking jobs that are all related to getting the project made. But often, the specifics of their jobs are in are in con con in conflict with each other. And watching different departments do the dance amongst themselves, when they do it really elegantly, you don't notice it's happening. Mm-hmm. When they don't do it elegantly, that's when you go, "Wow, what a train wreck we're having mm-hmm. today!" Because the but you know, like for example, often it's the sound guys, and the sound guys, I think a lot of sound guys, sort of feel unfairly picked on because they're almost always on the set, the ones that people are complaining
1: about the most. It it always feels like you're holding on, you're yeah. waiting for sound. More it than is the most else.
3: thankless job, and
0: it's like yeah. the most important job. But it's yeah. the
3: job that you know it's it's the job that no one will know if you're fucking it up on the set. Mm-hmm. you, could you. Just, but but later, you know, in in post, they will go, "This sound is awful." Well, and that's because the sound guy, just like the DP, has to do his thing, and everyone else. The The sound guy has to advocate for the sound and he has to say, look, I, I'm getting a buzz. There is a piece of air conditioning running. There's an air conditioner running somewhere. I'm getting a hum off of that. And then it's, he has to, it's your job to make that announcement so that someone in charge can make the call as to whether it matters. We will take the time now to go find that piece of equipment and shut it down mm-hmm. or, okay, the scene's going to get looped. That's just how it is. We thank you for telling us now we know, but we're making a judgment call because we'd rather loop it than waste right. five minutes on this. You know, someone has to make that call. And it's not the sound guy who makes that call. It's his job to do it. But what's the sound department, especially, um, and I was especially struck by it on arc, for example, because we had one sound guy who I didn't even know he was there. He was amazing. I wasn't even aware of his
0: existence during the shot, during the shoots. Until you heard roll sound. Or sp- or well, speed. no,
3: not even that. I mean, he, he, he would mic the actors. I don't know when he would mic the actors. He would put, you know, he had, you know, if you see Arc, you know, they're wearing t-shirts. I don't know where the, to this day, I don't know where their microphones were. <laughs> I don't know where their body mics were. I don't know where their battery packs were. I don't know when he put them on those actors. I just know that I got amazing body mic sound and he would also boom. He would, and then during the take, he would boom. So we had two different tracks running. We had their body mics and we had a boom. Um, and the boom guy is a guy who really has to know his shit.
2: Because,
1: oh, yeah. I was going to say that. Because, you
3: know, know the boom Guy, you can't throw a shadow you know, anywhere in the mm-hmm. shot, but you've got to get in there somehow. You've got to and get. Most
1: of the time, the the boom guy doesn't ha- can't look at the the screen. He's got to rely on yeah, he, somebody he, looking. He's, at he's the not looking through him. the
3: camera lens. He's yeah. looking at the actual action. So you know, and the, and the camera guy will go boom. You're just you know slightly in, but then you've got to physically remember. Yeah, and if the camera's moving, you've got to be physically aware of. Oh, the camera's widening out. I've got to pull the boom back, but that's going to compromise the sound. So I've got to be as close as I can be, but mm-hmm. not ruin the the shot itself. Um, And not throw shadows, and you know. So when you when you put together a complicated shot, the boom guy or the sound guy in general, you know, if he's good, he'll just be right there with you, and he'll 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 know. Okay, here, and then I'm going to pull back, and I'm going to come in from underneath for the second half of the shot, or whatever he needs to do. So a good sound guy, who does that without constantly going, wait, what are we doing? And I don't understand. And wait, we got a shadow of the shot. Hold on, boom guy, can you back off? You know, it's like either you've got a guy who's, who's just so good that you don't even know he's doing his job, but he's mm-hmm. doing it or you've got a guy who, who's constantly you feel like okay, uh, who, who, who are you Mike's in spend? the shot. Can you back out? back A yeah. little more a little more a little more
1: who, who you have to spend five and ten seconds on you yeah. know, every shot or and you every, just start to feel setup. like you know, yeah. and, but it's hard.
3: It's a, hard, yeah, it's it a hard job. So that whole that whole dance of you know how the sound guys and the, and the camera crew and all that you know everyone has to move in and out and get their jobs done and all be moving and dancing during a take at the same time and 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 when it's when everyone's on their game you don't notice how amazing that is that everyone's doing it
0: the third thing you can do and this is another fun thing that maybe maybe not everyone knows about um, speaking of sedicate if you have the ac running uh, air, uh, air, air conditioning conditioning, uh, conditioning uh, assistant camera you man. know the ac is always running option one <laughs> is um, okay we need to go and turn it off option two is fuck it and option two is usually paired with option three, which you might do anyway, which is you get room tone.
2: Always get room tone. That is, oh, that's that, not t- anyway. That, that is maybe. to say yeah.
0: that you will run the microphones with everyone standing exactly where they've been standing all day, just not making a goddamn sound. And you run mic on that and you're hearing nothing. You're hearing just what the room sounds like for 15 or 30 seconds which you can later take and use that as a sample to remove that sample from all the other audio well, it's, actually it's an audio always
2: clean gets, get, plate it's a clean always plate. get room well
3: tone. Room, room tone is not for noise reduction it is maybe now in the last yeah. few years room, tone, to it, room, a, room tone is uh, later when you're dubbing someone's voice yeah. you lay room tone underneath so it still sounds you know like they were there room tone literally you know even the even the quietest room there is some kind of um, yeah low level in there so like, even if you're cutting audio you put room tone in between the cuts mm-hmm. just so that you don't hear that little moment of the, complete silence in
0: between yeah. in between the cuts and room tone obviously the set version of yeah. that statement when you is, hear room tone, when you hear room tone shut the sh- fuck and up and don't, and don't move, move. do yeah. not move at it's all the same with the same with
3: on a bell it's like when you go on a bell you know the, the the last thing about it, and bells are kind of always been kind of optional. I mean, what's but, on a bell? What's that? See, there you go. Yeah, That's, I don't uh, know. It, that I don't is. know. I don't know either. The bell is signifies, hey f- everybody, we're about to shoot over here. You ah. know, goes, oh, and oh bell, ring! You know, and this yeah. gigantic alarm bell goes off. Okay, I don't have those in my house. Yeah, exactly, it's it's, it's for large it's for right. large stages. You know, it's like you're on a stage. You could be literally on the other side of the set and just not know that they're about to shoot on the far yeah. side of the set and be ready to start hammering something. Well, when you hear the bell you know, I better not hammer until I hear two bells, which means they're, they've stopped rolling again. Um, that's you know so on a bell is when you're in a large space or a large area. I don't think I've ever encountered a bell, yeah because you probably never system. shot on a in sound stage in, a enough, in your
1: yeah. life. You know, so. Well I've shot I've worked yeah. on sound stages, but I don't think yeah. one like a huge enough problem. Bells yeah.
3: have yeah. bells have always been yes and no. I mean they're not yeah. always you know even in my case you know they're not always there like the abyss. I don't think we had bells um, even though we're shooting a colossal warehouse. Um, they would just more yell out you know hold the work <laughs> hold the work is is the equivalent of a bell. Cameron
1: I mean, would just look at you from yeah. across the warehouse. Yeah you know, a bell and a bell just on your back. <laughs> a,
3: a thing you will hear, and again, this is sedicate, again, if you're just a visitor, if you hear hold the work, that's the equivalent of a bell. It's the same message. Yeah, It's stop making noise. We need quiet now. And it almost invariably means, sometimes it just means they're rehearsing and they just need a quiet, or so, you know, just like I can't hear myself think for a second. Just, just everyone just shut the hell up. Yeah. Um, but hold the work means... Stop what you're doing and don't make any noise. That's what it means, um, for whatever reason. Um, hold the work off. And the problem with the bell is uh, the good thing about a bell is a bell is always formal. One bell is rolling. Two bells is we have stopped rolling. And hold three the bells work
1: means the others. People
3: almost yeah. Three three three, three bells means means yeah. <laughs> white walkers. Uh, I've never heard three bells. Fortunately, uh, the problem with hold the work is because it's not such a formalized rigid thing. Um, often hold the work will never be followed by a go back to work. You know not you'll much. be sort All of right. standing there going are they done. And people will kind of, like, start to hammer. and People of course will be we,
2: like, whack, whack. Yeah. Are they and, yo- and, or they yell. Okay. And,
3: and you'll know you're wrong because someone will go, we said hold the whack, you know, an hour ago, and you're still holding it. So that can be a little slippery, but the bell is is a little cleaner that way. It's the same as uh, the bell will usually be tied to outside the soundstage. stage will be that flashing light, you know. Don't come in the door mm-hmm. while the light's flashing because we're, we're rolling. For next yeah. time we shoot, I'm going to get a little bicycle bell.
1: Be like, ring. We
0: want a bell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like oh, a, we're done. Okay. Like a little butler bell on a bell.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the uh, um, Nate in the chat room says, "Guaranteed asylums do not have a bell." No, you are correct. You are correct. Yes, exactly. But you know, we would say, you know, <laughs> or, the,
3: or we, we would say, say
0: ding. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the eight.
3: It's the AD. You know, normally in a you know a smaller set when you don't are not concerned about teamsters a half a mile away who might back a truck in while you're doing a shot. Um, You know, then the the standard procedure is the, the AD, the assistant director, not the different from the AC, the assistant camera, the AD will, you know, call it out, you know, rolling quiet, please. Some of those, they settle, settle means the same thing. Settle means wherever you are, Stay there,
0: don't move. The AD is basically the director's loud advocate. Yeah, yeah. he's the one who, who yells the direction. He's usually is the, the one who if yells. If the director is the good cut. cop, the AD is the bad cop. <laughs> no, no, no. If, if
1: You're the direct- giving me an ulcer. Yeah. Shut up. If the director is the general. The assistant director is like the drill sergeant. Yeah, exactly. On the, set of the, uh, on the set of the abyss, it was
3: probably my as things go. I mean, I've, I've certainly seen worse, I, I, and I've I've probably done worse. But on the set of the abyss, I got I got busted on a uh, on a settle, and I was doing my best. And it was it was I'd been on sets before. I'd already done the blob. I'd already done several other movies. But you know, Jim Cameron, boy, you better know your, your stuff you <laughs> know? Uh, if you're with Jim Cameron. And I just I committed to like this one faux pas that was like, oh god, I was like I felt bad. I still to this day I feel like
0: oh you wake I, up. In the more like yeah,
3: oh shit i don't know ah uh, that happened and it wasn't it just it's just because i was just i didn't know what the right answer was you know sometimes it's, it's like a military thing like you know like you get an order and I, I can't follow that order so what do i do um and i remember exactly when it was and i remember exactly what shot it was too um it's the shot toward the end they were shooting uh the shots of um you don't see much in the in the regular version but you see a lot more in the special edition of ed harris encountering the aliens um so in the shots of Ed Harris, we weren't involved in that because we had already shot what our stuff. The you know the aliens are there on a water screen, but that's a projection of shots of just the aliens that we had shot days earlier. Right. But we were on the set while they were shooting that. We were prepping another setup with the aliens on the same stage. So so we were working there. We weren't involved in this particular shot that they were doing with the big set of the of the aliens habitat and and the projection of them on the screen. Uh, so we were off to the side on a different setup waiting for them to finish that set and then they were going to move to us and shoot more stuff with our aliens so we were there but not involved in this particular shot of just Ed Harris um, and it was this, it's this whole scene where Ed Harris had to do one of those things that where you have to take a step back and and admire what actors are sometimes asked to do it's like he has to stand on a big piece of plastic wearing a wet space suit and talk to a projection of butterfly aliens and act like the world is coming to an end and be you know sad and happy and go through a whole range of emotions and have a dialogue with them you know and And Harris is working and not burst out laughing or go what have I done with my life that this is you know what I'm doing today Um, so he's you know tense difficult emotional moment nothing to play off of you know the, the the hardest thing for an actor to, to all be doing, um, they're so they were shooting that, and they're you know they're working, they're trying to get you know and this you know, huge crew all around, um, you know that's hard enough. You're trying to do that with all these people standing around you. I respect all that. Um, I just happened to be walking by because they weren't shooting. I wasn't. They weren't on the bell or anything. Um, I was walking from my little setup. I was walking across to to get to the office or whatever was outside. Um, just and I was passing the set, and uh, just as I was passing. Um, I I either they either they'd said it and I was trying to get out. You know, I'd heard settle, and I was trying to like, well, if I can just go six more feet, I'm I'm out, and on the side I need to be <laughs> exactly, yeah. and I could, you and know, I'm gone. Um, didn't make it. <laughs> settle, Cameron himself, Trey. I said settle. <laughs> at which point I stopped. I just froze in my tracks, and then he continued to look at me because now I'm just standing there <laughs> in Ed Harris's eye line, and he's looking at me still, and I'm like. So I was busted because, like, well, if you just let me keep going, this wouldn't have happened. I was two seconds <laughs> from gone, and you called me on that, but you didn't want me to stay in place. <laughs> now so you're mad at me for staying me in do? place. So now I'm going to continue where I was going. It was just like, oh, he just made me look like it. An- yeah, yeah. The mistake was mine. For I shouldn't have tried. I shouldn't have made the move. You I tried should, to steal second. I tried, I tried to steal second happen. and I got called out. That was entirely my fault. And it led to me being double banged in front of the entire crew by Cameron. <laughs> I said, Settle. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, uh So that was that was probably my worst, like, oh uh, you know, as faux pas go, that's not terrible. Yeah. But I felt bad about it. But I, he remembers. I do I do remember. No, not you. Yeah. He yeah, he, <laughs> he remembers if I ever actually meet Ed Harris in person because I you know I saw him on set but I never actually had any direct encounter with him you know
0: it'd be funny if years Remember later that time you're that guy that didn't settle when you bumped <laughs> when you bumped into Cameron looking at the the inflatable underwater lights it'd be funny if he walked up and like Trey <laughs> Jesus. Remember when you didn't settle? I told you to settle. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. Go over there and settle. Go over
3: there and settle, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So that's always a risk. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you, it, you always have to, because it, it, it happens all the time. It's, you know, that was the worst, you know. Train wreck, I got into by making the wrong call.
0: Not bad. Not bad as far as train wrecks Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and that kind of thing happens all the time. It happens all the time. You're like,
3: I just, you know, I'm, you you might be leaving for the day. It's like, I four more feet and I'm out the door, or I can, or I'm stuck here here for for this 10 minute scene. It's not quite
0: as bad as someone saying, ignore Cameron on the loudspeaker.
3: Yes. That's, that's worse. (laughs) That's a whole other story. That's, that's level two. That's next level shit, is what
0: Smith would say. I believe is in our Abyss commentary. It's in the Abyss commentary. There's a bunch of great anecdotes in the Abyss commentary. That
3: story's in there. But that, that's, and that's, and that comes, that sort of brings us to, you know, just in general in visiting a set, you know, is the whole dance of people are always going to be coming and going. Just stay out of everyone's way yeah. is the yeah. first rule. Just stay be the, out of the way. Be,
0: first of all, if you get, if you're given the opportunity to go visit a set, do it. It's fun. Second of all, you have never been as considerate in your life as you need to be. If you're going to be visiting a set, just occupy absolutely no footprint in the world (laughs) yeah imagine stay uh, away from everyone keep quiet don't move if anything is kind of looking at you if if you're on the other side of the 180 line of the camera even kind of wait until they're not doing anything and get the fuck out of that area entirely because you don't know when you're gonna get yelled at i was on a set once where my my hand my hand to god i was visiting a set i was next to some pa he was standing next to me and Michael Bay, this was a Michael Bay shoot, came up on a golf cart and screamed at the PA standing next to me. Not me. Next to me. I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> there was like a, Whoo! Holy shit. Me All and right. this guy were, hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're standing next to your buddy in the field. You're almost home. And then... <laughs> Yep. and you hear the gun report from like seconds <laughs> later, and your buddy's just like on the ground dead. The fuck! Oh my god, run! Well, there's nothing I can do for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. He's there here. Yeah, I'm saving. Myself. He's a
1: goner.
2: Other like uh, visiting a set stuff. Um, well, I would say I would say going to what you were saying with even that that anecdote and how like kind of ridiculous it was. <laughs> what what uh, Ed Harris was being asked to do. No matter what, even if you're visiting, if you're working on it, if uh, whatever you're doing there and whatever your job is. It is, it is really important to respect what the actors are doing because the actors are the ones on, they, I mean, they're the, they're, you know, the primary, I mean, you have to respect what everyone's
0: doing, but just don't disregard the fact that the actors are working right now.
2: Not, yeah. And not only that, but it's like, there's a temptation. Everyone knows, especially depending on the kind of project you're doing, but everyone knows that what the actors are doing is kind of ridiculous. (laughs) No one is more aware of that than the actors are, and no one is more self conscious of that than the actors are. So if you like crack jokes about it or anything no, like that, uh, 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 yeah. that
1: will no 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 yeah, no, no. Th- that the,
2: that you, you're gonna you're gonna blow the whole day. Depending and on then the scenario,
3: you can and should be fired. Yeah, it.
1: It can be very tempting, or that situation can can be very uh, uh, tempting, I guess, because actors on set for that exact reason are essentially treated like royalty. Yep. Everybody else it's a very very much like a feudal system. Yeah. You know, the PAs and are like the peasants and they just you know <laughs> working. They're, They're the peons. peons. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The groundlings. And you know, you, you got your kind of like feudal lord middle management, the ADs and, and that, but the the actors really are in a sense <laughs> royalty. In the way that they're treated, because it all hinges on them and at every possible comfort that they can we're enjoy. Here that,
0: we're here today so that they can do something really well. No, and it if depends, we're fucking it depends. It, it up. depends
1: on the actors. I mean, some actors well some, want some actors to be treated are that,
0: diva, that way, and, and, are and divas, some, some are,
3: and some are not. But, but it, it's, it's, it's it's what's Mike? It's what Mike said. No matter what, that you you should respect the, what they're doing and understand yeah. that. Well, know,
1: my point is the the reason yeah. that that dynamic exists is because exactly what Mike is saying is because yeah. everybody knows on some level, and the actors most of all. How ridiculous yeah. this whole yeah. thing is! So it's like we're going to massage this feeling of ridiculousness yeah. as much as we. And can. And
2: I mean, you hear st- it's also the fact that it's that it's hard as well. It is hard, you know. Well, you need to it, you need to let like the, people talk about they they talk about the diva thing. You know, yeah. they talk about on some movie you Christian know, it was like Christian Bale. Well, Christian oh, Bale. Like
3: agreement. I I I think we I said think said it, Christian I, Bale he he may have overreacted, but what he was reacting to was fair. Yes, so, yeah. I agree. I agree. Absolutely.
2: And and like you've I've heard stories people were reacting to if there was some. Some, some movie tom cruise was doing and it's like oh you weren't like allowed to look him in the eyes he came from the trailer what a diva i'm like that I th- and i think He's it was doing mo- something right i now. think it was a movie where it was like yeah that was the scene where like his kid had just died and he was <laughs> yeah. sort of in a headspace and if you were just like chatting with him asking him if you wanted a coffee you would have told like that's a hard headspace to right, get yeah, into right. and stay in the you rule know? Of, the
0: rule so. of thumb is basically it goes into it for two different things um if you do not need to be in the actor's eyeline, something that the actor can't see when they're doing the take behind the camera, don't yeah. be there. Moreover, if it's not your job to actively talk with the actors, don't. If they come up and talk to you, you don't have to be quiet and look at them like they're an asshole, yeah. but don't start conversations with actors. Because actors are different. Just, some yeah. some, are, some yeah. are totally relaxed, and when you say you know, action, they just go right into exactly. it, you you, know, or yeah. not. You might be fine, but the some rule of thumb artists. is just don't start a conversation yeah. with the actors. If they start a conversation with you... Be polite and don't say that they look like an idiot in that last day.
1: Well, you you just give them the room to make those choices themselves. You don't force any of those circumstances onto them. That's all. Brian, um, Mm -hmm. what does a PA do? Everything that nobody else wants to do. Uh,
2: Honestly, uh, the PAs, we could almost do do a whole thing on on this episode as well as you know, people who, who make low-budget stuff or are interested in low-budget stuff, they're like, why does X job exist? That doesn't seem that important. What is the best boy? It so yeah. is. And and PAs, we were just talking about them being like the peons or the peasants yeah. of the feudal system. Pauns.
0: And yet... The fucking peons were the ones that made the food. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're so no,
1: important. Don't get me Don't get me wrong. By making that comparison, it wasn't a denigration.
0: Right,
2: right. I've yeah. been a
1: PA probably, out of, probably more everyone, than anybody else. Most everyone starts, yeah. or sh- and I think
3: should start whenever I possible, agreed. at the PA level, because that's where you are at the very periphery of the making of a movie. And you learn these things because you get to see them and happening. And you get to see all the
1: different corners of it. Exactly. You were saying, I'm just, I'm just saying it's if
2: I guess the point I'm trying to make is people look at that and they're like, Oh, that's the low. It's the same in everything. I mean, we talked about this with like roto artists and VFX and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the low end thing that everyone, but if you could make a movie without them, they would. Right. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, you yeah. can't. PAs it are is so important.
3: PAs are basically your, you know, your infantry. They're they're yeah. they're the warm bodies that you throw at whatever a you need. A problem, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Okay, we need someone to get, get ten boxes of Lucky Charms and take out all the blue diamonds because we're shooting a blue screenshot of a bowl of lucky charms. PAs. Yeah. It's not, that's, not, that's it. not going to be your, you know, your lead actress doing that. It's, it's not going to be the producer.
1: The, the production yeah. uh, as it's sometimes called on set the the PA nation or PA army. Uh, <laughs> some you know sometimes uh, where's my PA nation at? And you go, "Oh, I'm here. I'm doing whatever." Um, it's basically like it's the mortar of kind of this brick building yeah. of what a film. It's the. You it's you the know, this it's brick the is the art department, and this the, brick is they're the, the red camera
3: parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> they're a bunch of guys just waiting to be called for a landing yeah. party. In fact, uh, the, the, here's a piece of etiquette that applies to PAS. What does uh, fly in or fly out mean? Fly in means get your ass over here, and fly out means get your ass. We out. we fly out in here? a C stand right now? Yeah. yeah PA yeah, has to be there so. like three seconds later. Fly, later and stand. fly
1: in means bring it in, carry it. Fly in means
3: I'm coming in. It often means watch out because I'm carrying a large weird yeah. pointy heavy weird object. Yeah, somebody
1: says it's you know
3: make up. It's it's a, it's sort of the equivalent of make a hole. It's yeah. right. like, be aware that I'm moving quickly here. Right. And and you should look at that. Right. Just, just like just like heads or heads up means Something is up above that you might want to be aware of. Watch out for that
0: camera crane. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Ding.
3: I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Flying in is, uh, you know, flying in is, it's, it's often, it's, it's used in all kinds of different ways. But, you know, if someone says, hey, where's, you know, where's that damn C-stand? We're waiting on a C-stand. The guy go flying in like, I'm getting it. I am on the way with yeah. it. You know, don't, don't be mad. I am bringing it in right now. Yeah. Everyone keep and, an eye on the back of your heads. Yes. And everyone, and everyone else should be aware like, oh, okay, that's a critical thing. That guy's doing a very important thing right now. Right. Make, get out of his way.
1: Yeah. A lot of. A lot of the various uh, behaviors, especially, you know, split second behaviors that have developed over the course of time on sets are basically ways of signaling that you can't or shouldn't be pissed at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very
3: military. It's a, a movie set, it has different language, nomenclature, yeah. like you saying, but it's very military in the way it sort of runs. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's it very much is an army and mentality because you know, a lot of it is, is giving orders and acknowledging the order. Yeah. Like, you know. Need to see Stan flying in, in. is a yeah. way I heard. I heard you. And I am now doing that thing. You said, yeah.
0: you also hear a lot of Rogers, yeah. you copy
3: that radio etiquette is pretty standard. Military radio etiquette yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Copy that out going to two, you know, it's all yeah. just efficient communication is it's what it's
0: all for. The other one is, um, who talks to the director, not the, who does the director talk to, but who gets to walk up to the director and say yeah. something on a Dep- big on a big production? W- not w- not the department like, heads. Department basically. heads, the assistant
1: director and the actors, the actors. Yeah, yeah. and that's and producers if they're around. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it. If you, if you, and otherwise, just like
2: in the military, if you want to get some information to the director, you send it up the chain. Yeah. You yeah. don't say it. to if, you you, if you're the
1: private, you don't go straight to the colonel. That's yeah. not how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <no>. All right. <laughs> but unless, unless it's very, very clear that that's okay. Yeah. Some yeah. director but that is okay. But, there's, with there's, some but there's
3: actually, I mean, there's actually very legitimate reasons for no matter how gregarious and friendly a person you may be as a director, there's a reason to not let people think that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You because need to be again, insulated. It's just anarchy. If you, if you get to it, there's a point where if any. Anyone feels like they can walk up and go, you know, what if she said this,
1: you yeah. know, then it becomes a hassle and it becomes a thing to deal with all the time. Right. Um, it slows, slows down you down. It. Yeah. it slows you down. And that's honestly the most of all of the, you know these procedures and rituals and everything else that's evolved is adaptations to keep the
0: production moving forward yeah. as fast and, and as efficiently time. as possible. Yeah. yeah. Now, Trey might know the most about this or so the people here, unions, what's going on there? It's a very weird time right now with unions. No. Both well typically well, okay. let's say nineteen ninety well. era election. unions, like a while back, not currently in flux. Yeah. But what what is typical it's. Teamsters and this union and that teamsters, union? Teamsters
3: Teamsters involve
0: you know driving They Teamsters began as literally teams of horses,
3: guys who would drive teams of horses and now they drive trucks and cars and things like that. So anything that involves Horseless moving carriages moving the production <laughs> around in a vehicle of some kind is going to be on a union project, is going to be the division of the teamsters. The guys in the cube trucks. Yeah, exactly. And they, they there are guys who literally just it's it's one of the running jokes on you know sets this is where we get into the light bulb jokes which tell you what department does what it's like how many teamsters does it take to screw in a light bulb it's like that's that's not what we do
2: <laughs>
0: yeah that's <laughs> electric's job what hey man I, that's
3: not my job what do i look like i the, uh, the the joke the actually the joke about teamsters is what is it te- how do you know a teamsters dead like he drops the donut uh, <laughs> is the set on is the joke on set because teamsters i mean teamsters are as as a as a member of of you know the rest of the crew what you see of teamsters is them sitting by the truck not doing anything because that's their job. They're on call. They've already moved the truck to where it is. Right. And they're waiting to see if anyone needs the truck moved to where it isn't. Right. That is their job. They're doing it. You just weren't there when they did the part where the <laughs> truck
1: was moving because that happened at four but in the morning. Yes, because that yeah. happened two hours before you got there. Exactly. The, so the first feature I actually worked on here wasn't a union show, but I was a camera truck driver. So I was essentially a non-union yeah. teamster. Scat! <gasps> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was just the camera truck If it's truck not driver. a union project, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, but that was... And I actually felt bad because I spent most of the day not doing anything. Yeah. but I was there. I was one of the first people there. And one of the last people to leave your,
3: your job is to be there on a moment's notice to yeah. do something. If it's needed to
1: relating to the truck, if it's not exactly. done, it's yeah. just, it's just how it is. That's just know. the setup. Now, what is IATSE? International IOTC. Association of stage and technical, technical and stage, technical and stage. Technical yeah, something and, like that. It's, uh, yeah. technical. It's, and stage. A, it's kind
3: of a catch all. A lot of yeah. Yeah, it different is now. divisions kind of have absorbed, been absorbed into IATSE. VFX is trying, but so far, yeah, I'm right.
0: But the idea behind unions, and it's probably the same with any, you know, any sort of an OSHA job or any other place where unions are a thing is just so don't do that guy's job because we're insuring everyone differently. Well, not just that. It's is not that just an insurance thing.
2: Like you you hear about, you know, on a union show, it's like, oh, if, don't touch if, that light. if you're not union, yeah, yeah, they call for a light. It's like, I can't, I'm standing right next to it, but I'm the PA, I can't touch yeah. it. Yeah. Only, only a union guy. And that sounds really inefficient and shitty and to an extent it is, but at the same time, that's protecting number 1 the union members job because if if you could just be like hey let's just uh, that that light needs to be moved send a pa to do it well then later on, the producer is like, "Well, why are we hiring grips if we can just have the PAs do it?" And then the grip is not getting hired because you're just having the PA do it. Number Poorly. two, <laughs> and number two, that's and the per- PA is not getting. Yeah, number two, it's protecting the PA, yeah. the PAs, yeah. because then they're not being asked to do something that they're essentially not getting paid to do, or get, or they're getting paid far less than they ought to be to be doing two, three, four jobs. So the 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 unions. Not only protect their members, but they protect the people <laughs> outside of it by, by kind of insulating things in that way so everyone is kind of treated fairly and that's right. so that's at least the idea but, it can the, be it can certainly be abused and take too far and the, and well, and the far, trade-off
3: but, though is a union is a group of people that say look we are our pledge to you the person who hires union personnel is we are guaranteeing that our people have a certain level of expertise at the job yeah. that you're hiring them to do they're in our union exactly they can't get in our union you know it depends on the union but you know SAG you have to pay an exorbitant fee but you also have to you know have a credit you you can't, you have to it's it's the catch twenty two and people complain about it all the time but that's one of, that's how they do it Screen it is, Actors Guild Screen Actors Guild is to be in the Screen Actors Guild means you got hired for a professional job and it's very hard to get hired for a professional job when you're not in the Screen Actors Guild welcome well, to how they, welcome to how they police their ranks well a professional
1: union job exactly which is like, yeah it's like you need to you, had to be, you, you need to, need to be, be in the union to get the union job you
3: need to be, need to be so good yeah at whatever you got hired for that they said you're not in the union but you should join because we want you right Right. and we will make we will make a deal with the union to say we like this guy so much we think you know and then then
2: they advocate to the union exactly they they
3: say this guy should be one of your union because he's that good he or she (laughs) that's
2: that's for the WGA too the writer's guild exactly writer's
3: guild you have to have made a a sale and then uh, you know which is how I got in of course that's how you do it you can't just roll up to the office and pay the fee and be in the writer's guild or in SAG you have to have a qualifying reason to get in, um, and it's the same with you know they, they however Iatsi does it, but Iatsi you know and, and the teamsters and everyone else says if you tell if we send you a guy to drive the semi trailer he knows how to drive a semi trailer properly and safely that's the, that's what the union is offering as opposed to hiring a guy from Craigslist Man. yeah
0: he's not just a guy with a CDL <laughs> yeah. which the Craigslist guy doesn't have yeah. he's also a card carrying member of something we signed off on yeah. now.
3: And has passed whatever requirements we have within our union to say
0: you're qualified to be one of us. Right. And so
2: there is sort of an insurance there because then they then <laughs> they're saying we are willing to be liable for whatever. Yeah, happens. We, we we
0: vouch for this. Yeah. Now it's an incidental thing about SAG uh, for us for people out who live in the L.A. area and like to make stuff because we all have actor friends and if an actor friend suddenly goes SAG, it actually becomes kind of tricky to put them in your stupid yeah. little short film. Yeah. Because they either have to say they're. Like change like they have to like Alan Smithy it or they have to get it cleared with SAG. It's no. it's a pain in the ass, isn't it? Well, it, well it's it is, but it's changed for recently. a good reason. It's, it's getting easier. Yeah, but it's also and SAG is is because if you're not a union job, then it's weird. Well if it's a whole category it's, for that. I mean that's
3: what that's what uh, Pink Five is. Pink five, we got yeah. it we got a SAG low budget agreement. Um and under a certain budget cap, according to the Screen Actors Guild, is you know the, the 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 thing is it's based on money of course it's like well if you're if you have a budget of 10 million dollars you can afford professional actors mm-hmm. um and the again the union sort of look either you're dealing with us or you're not the union says okay fine you don't have to hire professional actors but if you don't hire professional actors you can't hire any professional actors with with a, your 10 million dollar budget you certainly can afford it you can't claim you can't afford good you know our rate right. as a union so either you can have union actors or not. That's fine. You can do it either way. SAG doesn't, you know, stop your movie if you don't use union actors. They will be pissed at their actors who work on that movie anyway.
2: That and did, then they had, because that yeah, undercuts they, their leverage.
3: Exactly, but then the actors you know. have an incentive to be like, eh, I'd love to help you guys, but sorry. yeah, that's exactly. They, they they can they can theoretically be thrown out of the union for working on. I just got it's this not, credit. I it's don't want to lose actu- it. It's not actually that hard. To become a SAG signatory, there's lots of paperwork. I'm a SAG signatory, me, for, for Pink 5, you know, it's like, I, but I'm a low budget because then you can say, look, I'm making a movie. I'd like to get good actors, but I have, you know, I'm spending $10,000. I can't pay the $600 a day rate for a SAG actor. That's, you know, that's, that's what I'm spending per day on the whole thing. SAG has a, you know, low budget agreement where they go, okay, for that, um, there are some things that they still require. And then there's things that they waive. For example, if the actor, if you get, you know, if you get the, if you have Nathan Fillion, Will show up on your set, and do your ten thousand dollar movie, and he'll do it for free. That's between you and Nathan. If your budget is only ten thousand dollars, you know, if Nathan just I love this movie and I want to be part of it and it's going to be fun. If Nathan will do it for free, then that's cool. SAG doesn't care if your budget is below a certain level. Um, you also are allowed under a certain budget level to have a mixture of union actors and non union actors. If a, if a movie is union. All actors have to be union. That's it. But if you're a low budget, you go look. I can afford to pay Nathan Fillion and Marina Bachran to come in for a day, and I, you know, I'll even pay them their $600, you know, SAG minimum. But I have ten other actors, and I can't afford to pay them. But they're not in the union. SAG so we go, okay, that's cool that's fine um sag will still require if you're a sag signatory to that you follow the various working condition requirements they have which makes a lot of sense it's like okay you can have nathan fillion show up if he'll do it for free that's cool but you can't work in more than 12 hours any more than michael bay can work him for 12 hours huh. without penalty you have to give him a meal break after a certain number of hours you have to have certain safety conditions in place you have to have all
0: he can't you, stand in a puddle with wires going exactly into it.
3: you have a huge list of of Protecting the actor, both professionally, personally, safety-wise, that you know, they're just common sense things, but they are required. Um, SAG says
1: they're fine. more OSHA things than they are. Yeah, they're just yeah. They're,
3: they're you know safety thing. and, and they're a lot of work hour things. Like, yeah, you, just because he'll show up for free doesn't mean you can make him stay for twenty four hours because you know yeah. you are crazy low budget lunatics. You, know, <laughs> you <laughs> can't make him Which do there that. There are
1: plenty of so exactly. It's you wise know. on their part too. exactly, and that's and, and that's that.
3: so so. There is that. So the, so the unions have tried to you know always tried to and more and more now because this low budget thing has become obviously such a big deal. You know, they're more keep trying to adjust and adapt to say, okay, look, you know, yeah. If, if Joss Whedon wants to make a YouTube video, which he made one this morning, which was fantastic. Check it out. I'm sure it's gone viral by now. Um, if Joss Whedon wants to make a YouTube video, you know, SAG is like, oh God, what, we, what is that? How do we deal with that? What is that about? You know, there, there were waivers for like, if you're the producer of a thing, if you're making what's called a vanity project, like it's me, it's my own thing. I'm shooting, you know, I'm, I'm Nathan Fillion. I'm pointing the camera at myself to make a project of me doing Hamlet. You know, I was like, okay, a vanity project for yourself. If you're a producer, really a producer and not just in name. There's lots of okay, fine. You don't have to pay people for that, you know. So they, they try and do that, but they have to at the same time. They're trying to protect the whole point of the union itself, which is to get work for its own members and not have amateurs be available to be hired for projects. And you know, so Michael Bay doesn't go down to Starbucks and get the cast of his next movie, as if it would make a difference. <laughs> but, but um, bum, Jing. But but what's interesting about he sure SAG, as hell wouldn't want to get yeah. them for his crew though. <laughs> yeah, for what ex- he does exactly. What's interesting about SAG though. Is a few years ago when I was still in SAG, I've since let my, my membership. Are puppeteers in SAG? Is that how that works? Puppeteers. They, they are. That's what that's, if they're in any union, they're in SAG. Right. Um, Because they are actors. Exactly. Some, some studios, some studios don't acknowledge that puppeteers are SAG and will not pay them SAG. And Um, fuck those guys. And that's just how it is. You know, Um, but uh, puppeteers are are in SAG. Obviously, that's how I got in. I'm not a I'm not an actor in any other form. Um, <laughs> oh, don't put yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. It, which is weird because it does make you eligible. To, I am in SAG. I could be on camera, you know. But uh, but it's not something I ever worked for. Anyway, um, you, as, as as someone who had had done projects under a SAG low budget agreement, which was you know for for someone just trying to make a little goddamn Star Wars fan film and try and be, you know, I was a member of SAG and I was trying to do things right. The the amount of paperwork that had, you know to be a SAG signatory was Prohibitive, um, Nothing for if you're a real movie, but, you know, if you're just a guy making a freaking fan film, you know, Jesus, this is a lot more to deal with than you'd like. Um, but I had done it and I was also a member and SAG had wanted to do a symposium where they did several years ago where they – because this whole internet thing was really taken off and they wanted to really kind of get a grip on how to deal with it. They called a bunch of us in who had – who were both SAG members and had worked under SAG signatory projects, you know. So they wanted a the perspective of, okay, you you understand why we have a union, because you're a member of it, but you've also dealt with us as an employer and they just wanted to talk about just like a like an open house kind of thing exactly they just wanted to talk about the you know the experience and what it was like and what was good about it what was bad about it and and the whole sag board was there I mean it was all these you know these people um, the entire sag board and about 10 of us who were indie, indie filmmakers who'd done stuff and and we'd all this was right around the time of the writer's strike so that would have been like 2007 yeah that's 2007. Right, right this had happened happen right I after think, I moved yeah. here so yeah. that's seven and uh, and so I, yeah okay went there and it's, it's the free cheese platter uh,
0: yeah episode. no I, I remember the story <laughs> I, <don't> I <laughs> was hoping you were gonna go I don't know it. if I've
3: told the free cheese platter story but that's a different topic for another topic but anyway but, but all of us pretty much all of us unanimously said the same thing your, your paperwork is a pain in the ass way way too draconian for these people who are now making videos for this you know the internet to to deal with you know, your heart's in the right place, but no one who I, you know, like I said, the example I gave is like, look, I'm working with the Writers Guild right now. I wasn't a member yet, but I had friends in the Writers Guild and I was making we were making the, you know, the viral the videos. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you were that you, you were you were at my place and we were shooting at my place. Mm-hmm. And that's, you, know, you, were, you were still living there at the time. We were shooting our, B, our mega pictures, BFD viral videos for the WGA um, to the point where we had gotten enough viral traction where we were actually being asked by members of the strike team to make them. They were giving us ideas of what right. to make. Um, and, and so I said, Scabs. <laughs> exactly. So I said, well, I said literally, you know, in the SAG in the SAG meeting, I said, look, last night I got a call, a, a call and an email from the guys who are running the strike. And of course, everyone had just come from a, a WGA rally. Half the people were wearing WGA t-shirts. You know, go union. And I said, look, I got a call last night from the WGA guys. They said, hey, can you do a thing? Because the, the producers are going to do an announcement on Monday and we'd like to have a video out to preemptively answer that before they've even done it. Can you make it on sunday and and do it okay so we you know we got together we did a mega pictures bfd piece overnight edited it put it on youtube it was already online um sag the sag guys were saying look we've streamlined our signatory process where you can get signatory status within six weeks now <laughs> <laughs> and i said okay <laughs> what yeah here's the deal you know and i told that story like last night i got a call we shot it this morning i'm gonna go home tonight and i'm gonna edit it and am gonna be on youtube by tomorrow and i'll tell you right now both the guys who are in it Our SAG actors, and we just kind of went. Sorry, guys. Oh well, because if I went, if I was signatory for this three-minute video that I'm making for with two actors, the whole point is it's going to be online tomorrow morning, not six weeks from now. Mm -hmm. You know, it just I I'm in your union, and I want to use, and I have used your contract, and I can't for what happens now on the internet for the way it is. Um, Anyway, there was a whole. it, it, It didn't get heated, but there was definitely. Some pushback. Uh, well, a bunch of us, you know, all Opposing of us, viewpoints. all of us producers were like, they don't, they don't get it. They, they still don't get it. They're still thinking old Hollywood. They're still thinking anyone with a camera who makes a video must have at least a million dollars, you know, and and is going to be releasing and is planning and is going to be releasing next year. And that's just now not how it is in that world. If right. you're work in that world, and and one of the board members, um, and Ann Marie Johnson, I believe, is her name, um. Who was there at the time and had been a long time member of the SAG board. Um, she either didn't run for reelection the next year that she was eligible or she resigned from the board or whatever. And, and one of the things she said on the way out is SAG is just they don't understand. SAG is going to is going to, is going to stop being vi- uh, viable. Because they're 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 trying to hold on too hard to the old union issues and the old ideas, that, you know. That they're trying to. The whole point was SAG was trying to under, get get people who make internet videos to go. You you can use SAG actors. You can get Nathan Fillion legally if you just become SAG signatory. And we were just telling them in that symposium, it's still too hard. People aren't going to do it. Right. What's going to happen more likely is Nathan Fillion's going to go. Yeah, screw it. I'll you know. will yeah. do it anyway. Because well, because yeah. SAG never. They kept saying they were going to start prosecuting actors who you know, broke the union rules and they never did. They never actually put any teeth into that. And that was five years ago. So it's, it's really something no one even talks about anymore. Now, you know, when's the last time you heard anyone go, Oh wow. Nathan Fillion was in that YouTube video. I wonder if it's College humor, signatory. Yeah. funny or die. Okay, yeah. College humor yeah. funny or well, die at the time it was ex-
0: PG porn. Yeah.
3: College humor and funny or die explicitly just don't care. They just don't bother. They don't care about it. If anyone will show up and, you know, be a name actor and be in their videos, they will. SAG wants to raise a fuss about it. That's SAG's business, but apparently they never do. No. And and so Anne-Marie Johnson resigned because she thought that SAG was basically making itself unviable And they weren't actually going to achieve, you know, achieve uh, goal. Don't you mean extinct? And from what I've seen, she was right because no one even talks about SAG union issues on the internet anymore
1: right well right. at least within the domain of the internet obviously SAG is very yeah. much you know still relevance in the in the section of old Hollywood that is still old Hollywood
3: well again, if you're making 10 million dollar yeah, movies yeah. that's they still that's, have yeah, that a whole but they really arena. wanted yeah. to like let's get our arms around this internet thing before it gets away from right. us it got away from them you yeah know, and right and it just didn't have anyway the the SAG is the same idea is that you know it's if you're in SAG, and at least it still means that, they've managed to hang on to that. They're, it's not like SAG opened the doors and said, okay, if you've done an internet video, that qualifies you to
1: be in SAG. They've never done that. <laughs> it's right. not IMDb. And
3: rightly so, exactly. <laughs> so well, They actually so,
1: do kind of have a clause. And they might have closed this loophole at this point. I'm, I don't know. But for a while, for a long time there, it was like, if you were in a web series, that's qualified. You, know, you could take that and become a SAG member with that. And yeah. there was just this huge back door that... A ton it could of be, people which, which, from what I've seen, through.
3: a lot of people just go, yeah, no,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It costs thousands of dollars yeah. to join SAG. Yeah, I could, exactly. you mean, I get to pay five grand? <laughs> yeah. To well, be- then, <laughs> and the
3: issue is, you know, the trade-off is, and as many people encountered it is, is if you're in SAG, depending on what what the project is and, and what state you're in, because you know, like a right to work state, like I think North Carolina, I think for example, is one. Or even if you're in a union back in California. The state doesn't – you know, the state's rules, the state's laws allow union and non-union people to work together. That's why a lot of productions go to North Carolina and things like that because mm-hmm. – so you can go work on a project that's non-union in North Carolina and not jeopardize your union status because it's legal to do that in North Carolina according to the laws of that state. Anyway, so you know, a lot of people – there's two things. It's like people who are like, look, I'm doing my show on the internet. I'm not looking to get cast on Big Bang Theory. I don't need to be in SAG. Mm-hmm. I can continue to do what I'm doing without being in SAG. And then there are a lot of people. Let's face it. Just because you did a web series doesn't mean you should be in the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. You know that that was that's too big a back door. That's literally anyone can. The, the level of entry is way too low for that.
0: Right. All right. Let's bring this in for a lamb. With we have a few more minutes here. What is G and E? What are we talking about Griffin there? Electric. equipment Electric, yeah. What are those guys doing? So the, the lights and- Back to Saticate here, sorry. Yeah.
1: yeah. The, the lights and everybody, or anything that goes in front of a light, uh, anything that is so-called shaping the light, which includes flags, which is just uh, black rectangles of various sizes and proportions.
0: Um, what is it? What is it? What is within with a grips purview? Because it, it seems like, because whenever I'm on a set, it seems like grips are the guys that are like, "What the? what's up? Like, yeah, if-, well, if, if if the set was the United States, grips would be New York.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in terms of culture, in terms of actual, like, workload, grips are more like the Rust Belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. They're like the factory really Grips
2: are like the skilled labor versus yeah. the PAs who are the unskilled labor. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah, you yeah. need someone to do something that kind of requires you to know what you're doing... Yeah, and yeah. Be, like, assembling a, a piece, scaffold is a grip Assembling job. a scaffold or yeah. like, even, even bringing in, like, and setting up... J- it it sounds crazy, but bringing and setting up an apple box like there's a way to do it so that yeah. people aren't tripping over it and being retarded about it and and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> and so the the, it's
0: true. the you, don't, you said it was like the, are we retarded, retarded about it? Retarded <laughs> yeah. What do yeah. you oh, sort yeah, of retarded? do yeah, you,
3: know. what, but, you Ann
2: Yeah. Yeah. Versus versus we need someone to refill yeah. the the you know M and M's. It's yeah. like that's not water yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Dude, I would I would pay to watch someone ask a grip to refill the M and M's. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that'd be adorable get to demand that the evidence be refilled you that's have right. never seen a yeah. death stare grips are grips are
3: i'm amazed by a good grip crew i mean first of all they they're working all the time. oh my god they work it's so the hard it's the hardest i think it's the hardest physical job on a set yeah of the skilled labor yeah it's just grips are just you know a, a big burly freaking tough guys. if anyone on the set can be wearing gloves it's the grip team yeah yeah that's what we're talking about gloves and work boots and they're you know excuse me Carrying, lifting, moving building. That's their yeah. that's their job. That's, that's a,
0: why I say they're, they're have like, like a the factory workers. Like a mover's they're back
3: are. brace
1: on and shit like that. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's that's a that's a that's a tough physical job.
1: And they're the ones at the end of at the beginning and end of every day, they're the ones unloading and loading the truck. Loading the truck and everything else. So they're and, taking all of that all of the heavy crap that gets moved around all day. And they are unpacking that first and then at the end of the day. And they don't it up. get
3: breaks that a lot of the other crew does, because when you finish a setup and you go, Okay, that's great. Now we're gonna turn around and we're gonna shoot in this direction. Well the actors step out, the director can go make a phone call or whatever else. The DP has to stick around, the electrical crew, camera crew to a certain degree. But the grips are the ones who are making that happen. Mm-hmm. So they're they're the ones who have to now pick up every bit of equipment and move it over there and set it up over there.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing about being on a set. If you show up on a set and you've never been before, you'll, you will invariably see a large percentage of the crew not doing anything because everybody's job and domain is so specific and there's so much sequencing involved that it's like okay when the grips are working that means the actors and the director and the dp are not so much and, and whoever else and vice versa when you're actually shooting the grips, like we were saying before, they can't actually do any of their noisy yeah. work. That they they that's otherwise that's do. that's their downtime. That's their the downtime. actual
3: shot is usually their downtime. Yeah, exactly. although they might be standing off the side, waving a flag in front of a light to simulate, yeah. uh, you know, a car moving or whatever. It's Like nurses and surgeons. Yeah, they don't work at the same that's time. True. Exactly, yeah. and surgeons get to come in and do their thing and walk away, whereas the nurses have to. All right, now I have to clean this back up, clean and all, clean all the stuff, suction, and, you know,
1: put everything back in the cabinet again. Yeah, exactly. So, so now, what about gaffers?
0: Let's wrap that up. Gaffers are part of the electrical department so it's gaffers and by the way lank who was on the matrix revolutions commentary uh works as a gaffer a lot and he is like nine feet tall which makes him a perfect gaffer yeah
3: <laughs> he doesn't even need a gaff no exactly
0: <laughs> it's like if if he was in the sound department he wouldn't need a boom like he's yeah he, it's he great would, to have a super a,
1: duper tall guy on set he would make a great boom operator actually he would uh, be a great boom operator um so uh, the so the grip department moves the actual heavy shit. The electrical department moves all the lights and all of the power and power distribution setup for all the lights. Uh, so you'll have the best boy is the the guy in charge of all of that, uh, in charge of the power. Actually, excuse me. And the gaffer is in charge of the whole lighting electrical department. So the gaffer is in charge of the lights and the power, and the best boy is under him, Working in charge power. of just the power and laying out all the power. You'll see what are called lunch boxes and distro boxes, which are basically little electrical junctures that uh electrical lines run in and out of and you plug things into
0: um and when you turn on a light you should always say depends on the kind of light oh really it does oh my god i thought it was just striking for all of them uh it's striking it's the purpose Wait. is I'm turning on this light. Don't look at it. It's going to blind you. Yeah, which is staring right at by it. By the striking, way, striking.
1: Click. Never fails when somebody yells "striking on set." I look right at them. <laughs> Wait, and what I are you striking?
0: Don't. I oh, suck. Who, who Wait, said who that said glam. that? Oh, mother. Yeah. Speaking Again. of which,
1: speaking of which, etiquette
3: is uh, if you're taking a flash photograph on the set, uh, no matter who you are, you always say,
0: "I don't know."
1: Flashing, 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 yeah. Flashing. yeah because you're still you know it's the light that's going to accept things yeah and, then,
2: anyway, because, and also because so that the, the you know the DP is like
3: what the
1: fuck it yeah, would just, just blow blue. a bulb it yeah. Yeah. would just explode yeah it's right. yes, to reassure
3: Everybody else, that did something didn't explode. Yeah, that, that flash was on purpose. Another yeah. one uh, that uh, I've certainly seen when you've got a set where people are doing construction <laughs> off to the side or whatever, um, it always seems to be when someone has to unplug the, the pressure hose from an air compressor. Um, if you ever pull that, pull the <laughs> hose, you know, the huge blast of air, um, someone will, sometimes people will yell noise. Mm. you know again same idea it's like you're about to hear a god awful noise it's on purpose it's, it's on, on purpose <laughs> it
1: is foreseen for yeah, scene. yeah. Uh, another one is I think we mentioned it briefly but points
0: <laughs> it'd be funny points. you should yeah, never yeah. do this it'd be funny though if instead of saying noise before unhooking the air compressor just say oh shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's exactly what you don't want yeah to that's i mean it, it's I'm kind, sorry people it's with kind headphones. of equivalent to yelling fire in a crowded theater <laughs> yeah. like it's oh, shit. it's funny, but it's a lot more hurt than the funniest what is was worth. points yeah. what was points uh points is you know we were saying earlier if you're carrying something big and people need to know that you're walking by them. You say points. Uh, it's say, usually because it's something that's pointy, like you're carrying a C-stand and the legs are standing yeah. out. Or like a big ladder and you're walking through the other you know, crowd yeah. space. If you're carrying a light uh, that's still hot or warm, you say hot points, anything yeah. that's going to be hot to the touch. Hot um, points, that's hot cool. Hot points, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, so it's- striking is for HMI lights uh, because there are two two basic kinds of lights, HMI, which have a blue uh, daylight uh, color temperature to them, and tungsten, like old-fashioned light bulbs that have the orange. Uh, you can look into pretty much a any tungsten light and be okay. You'll you see spots it's a, it's for a, little a it's while. It's a headlight. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bright, yeah. a bright yeah, light. Bulb. It's a headlight, so it's not that bad. There are HMI lights that are so powerful that if you look at into them, it will damage your eyes.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you'll also when you hear striking, don't be the idiot that I am and look. <laughs> yeah. And around bright tungsten lights, you'll see what's often some sort of uh, sometimes a sort of distressing image. You'll look at the light and you'll see that it appears to be smoking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's always fun. Because if anything gets in front of the light, like dust, yeah, it'll, it, it'll, it'll vaporize. vaporize. Yeah, it'll,
3: it'll dissolve. I made the on mistake
0: no once of standing in, in between takes, but in between setups. But there was one big ass background light that was going to be on, and it was one of those. And I was wet and freezing and wearing a hoodie, and I just kind of stood in the light. And in addition <laughs> to in addition to annoying the lighting team, uh I also about five seconds later, I was a wet hoodie. I'm. It was a, it was a diff hoodie. About five seconds later. I was just like, I was aping smoke. I was just, <laughs> and it freaked me out. And yeah. for a second, I was really amused. I was like, "This is really cool." And then I got hot, so I moved. And then I was touching my my hoodie, and you know the hoodie material—that sort of thick, spongy cloth. Yeah. It had all fried down into like hard, like paper cloth, kind huh. of like. Mm. Th- and it started my my hoodie started cracking. That mm. was the result. Anyway, yeah. any other weirdo a lot dangerous stuff on a set? Yeah, don't stand in front of lights. No. Don't, uh, don't do that shit. Yeah. Always stand behind the lights. and That's, that's a very tricky lines. part of
3: sedicate in general is if something is not your area of expertise, but something looks like something is wrong, as we were saying, it's like, what do I do there? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, surely someone will notice this light is smoking. It's like, it's like Japan. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's someone uh, else's uh, job to deal with the smoking light. It's like, well, you know, it's it, it's usually better to flag someone down. Your, your, your best bet, someone with a radio. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what their job is. If they have a radio, that means that they're they at least know who who is in charge of what because those are the other people on radio, and they can put the word out to the world. We have a smoldering light over here. Right? Is yeah. that okay? Is yeah. that a problem? Yeah. yeah.
1: Actually, I don't know how this we. Thing missed... is on fire. So is grab a a okay?
0: person of the radio. I don't know how we missed this, but uh, the most important uh, outfit on your average film set uh, oh. is crafty. That is the most important.
1: It is it's very true, important. actually. What, it's what are we important. talking about? And food in general, the,
3: the the food truck. I mean, a, a food. bad food craft service services. will certainly put a crimp in your day. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Whenever we sh- whenever we shoot a little short or whatever, it's like, okay, we don't have money for this, that, or the other. But but. Buy some I'm, Red Bulls. Whenever I'm in charge of it, I'm like, there is going to be food because yeah. that is that is the most now, important isn't, thing. isn't isn't right. if you
0: wanted to be pedantic, isn't crafty specifically referring to the person or persons running the craft services? But people to say crafty to refer well, to craft services. Craft services. Crafty.
2: Crafty can
3: mean the the table. It can mean in, right, you know, yeah. the specifics of what the, the food crafty is. table, the crafty
2: person. It's it's
0: it's, it's craft craft services crafty,
2: as opposed to the the, the food meal. and the catering. Yeah. Craft services is basically the snacks. And
0: on big sets, you'll end up usually with meals. They'll be preparing meals, but there'll also be you know snacks. There'll be like you know grain bars. shit like will be and All there will be amazing
2: stuff on sets. Yeah, for yeah the, craft the, services. the more
0: the more money the shoot has, the better
1: the food. Yeah. because Farm every services, producer yeah. understands that basic concept of if you want if you want your crew to do the work, you must. We did it's one of
3: the cutest things to talk about people who had never been on set before and we did my favorite Martian. Um it was a bunch of us from Tabletop Studio who went down to to be on the set and supervise the the plate shooting and we had to work th- that as a visual effects artist you have to do the dance with the crew as well. You know, you have to go okay look and we had a lot of battles we had to fight especially in those days because a lot of people fewer people then than now were savvy about shooting visual effects in general. So so when we had to, we had like battles with the camera department where you know again this is this is 10 years ago camera stabilization software was not like you know now after effects does incredible camera stabilization well we didn't have that 10 years ago so you would go look you're doing this camera move but it's wobbly and we're going to have a hard time tracking that you know, on camera, who will at this
0: guy over here. Yeah, wobbling. We, look, I've been doing my job you, 30 can years.
3: You, can you put a brace on the camera? So as it goes down the track, it does. The head doesn't bobble. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we'd had to, you know, and very always as diplomatically as possible. Again, our job was to advocate for the visual effects. It's like, look, we're we're here to get these shot in a way that later the production will go. Yes, we like the visual effects we're getting. If I don't say now excuse me, but there's too much wobble in this shot. You're going to hate me later when I tell you it's an overage to do that track, Mm -hmm. your call, your call. Again, same thing. It's like you, you give it to the producer. Whoever's writing the checks is the one who makes that call. It's like, look, we can take 10 minutes now and retweak the Dolly track. And I know that's a pain in the ass, but understand that if we don't, I'm coming to you six months now from now asking you to sign an invoice for an overage for tracking the shot. Totally your call. I don't care either way. Right. You know, so that's, that's, that's your job. And you have to, you have to get in there. You have to get, you know, it's just like any other thing. If the Sound guy says, we're not getting good sound. All for you, sound. You have to say that. Um, so there was that. But um, the uh, there was a point I was making. I can't remember what it was. There was
0: uh, we were talking about crafting, good, craft good, good, good food. Yeah. Okay,
3: so we had we had it was a bunch of us from tippet Studio. We'd already just we'd just come out of Starship Troopers. We all had onset experience already. We're all savvy group. But for and you our, walked in in slow motion. No, for, yeah, exactly. walked in slow motion with the uh, guitar, to, you know, playing. Um, but we had one guy on our team who who literally he ran the, what uh, what's called the total station, which was how we did our set layouts is total station is when you're, you're, you see those surveyor guys in the middle of the street with the orange jackets on and they've got that thing on a tripod and a guy way off to the side with a theodolite, uh, which is that stick with a measurement tool on it. Um, and there's a guy with a box that he's looking through, like it's a telescope and all that, that that's a, that's called a total station and it's a, it's how they survey things. It's how you get elevations of things far away. So we literally hired a guy who literally was one of those guys. He was a surveyor. He, he owned and could operate a total station. And that's how we would survey the sets where literally we would put the total station in the middle of the set and the crew are, so you uh, could get topography Our mapping crew would go around and just mark points all over the walls. And he would zing the distance of it with his little laser zapper. And that's how we created our tracking models. Um, it sounds crazy now, but that was as high-tech as you could yeah. be 12 years now ago. Now you can just LiDAR scan and do a whole... Exactly. Of, yeah. this LiDAR scans were just starting to become available, but we couldn't afford one at wow. our level. So we we did, we did the next step down. We had a total station, a literal surveyor's total station. So the guy who ran the total station had no movie experience at all. He was the guy who ran the total station. He was totally enchanted. Exactly. <laughs> well, where the, 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 the it relates to craft service is the first day we were on the set, um, craft service on My Favorite... This is My Favorite Martian. Craft service was in a, in a big cube van because they were moving in the right. middle of the day so the craft, craft wasn't out in thing it was up in a van they just kind of set it up like a little little place there and uh, they had a little cooler a little table and you know you make yourself a sandwich all that stuff and uh and so we're like, uh, you know, we're on like, we're like, oh, okay, and, and and we got some, we got a few minutes. Let's worst craft service. Oh, it's the truck out, out the back of the loading dock. Oh, awesome! We go there. Um, so all of us are like, you know, you know, go, oh, I'll have a Twizzler, Diet Pepsi, handful of Twizzlers, right. handful of peanuts, some M and M's in a cup. Great. Oh, I'm gonna make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What the hell, boom! And and Tom, as I recall, was the guy's name, our total session guy. Um, Tom, Tom was like, <laughs> you know, pick, got himself a drink, got himself a bag of candy, got himself, uh, you know pack of Twizzlers or whatever else. Um and then we're all like, all right, oh. everybody good? Let's go back in. And, and look at Tom. And Tom's got his wallet out. And he's kind of looking around. He's got his wallet. And we're like, like, Tom, it's free. It's all free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, adorable. And he was like, Really? I'm like Welcome to show. Me. <laughs> the other truck has the blow. You just you just you just learned the best thing about being in the movie
0: industry. The the best I've ever seen was on that same uh, Michael Bay shoot. Uh there, you would not believe the food they were serving. Yeah. There was like fucking this is this is actually kind of standard ish I've seen this twice but really really nice homemade parfaits and plastic cups coming out on trays oh yeah, yeah. shit like that yeah. there was roast beef and like great stew and shit like that it was like it was like going to like you know the old corral or whatever one of those buffet places like that kind of food was, just like I, the, the all food, right. the food on let's commercials, do because
1: I, I, I was gonna a, say commercials yeah yeah because I, oh, I, I worked on it everything on commercials is still is yeah it is, it's top of the line because I, yeah. I worked on a Michael Bay commercial and I worked oh on a Rob God. Cohen Michael
0: Bay commercial <laughs> wow. and the food was great the because they have a huge budget but they're only doing it over four days
1: yeah as opposed and, and to, I mean it's companies like AT&T or whatever which shit tons of money to spend and so they you know it's commercials are not cheap because they're they get these clients they have these clients but yeah it was uh the rob cohen shoot was it was a you know overnight for three-day thing and so the craft person would come around you know at regular intervals with like warm homemade chocolate chip cookies and brownies (laughs) and hot chocolate and it was the same kind of thing on the michael bay shoot it was just like just the food is always top notch yeah i was on an activision commercial
2: with um uh, it was like a ton- one of their Tony Hawk games and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and yeah, it was it was almost like the crafty guy would just like get bored and he would decide to <laughs> bake a pie or something. Like he just it just at, like you said throughout the day he'd come by with the trays like here's some smoothies I just yeah. made and here's, here's some-, some cheesecake. Yeah, like, when did you make a cheesecake? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Now there's a point where it kind of gets ridiculous because they, they again the the theory of crafty and the theory of food you know serving lunch on the set in general is again ultimately is born of trying to save time. Right. It's yeah. like letting, could letting send you to Burger King. People, yeah, letting people you know letting people all walk away for, you know, f- to fend for themselves. They're not going to be back exactly in an hour. You yeah. know, they may not be able to be back exactly an hour. You might be in the middle of a field in Kansas, you know, and it's like, well, you know, we got to feed them. So, so that's the whole point of doing that. And the whole point of craft service is that is, is, it's really craft service is not as required and not as important, really. But it's become it's the most, most important thing. But it's that. become one of those things that crews have come to expect it. And mm-hmm. if you don't have good craft service, they get a little crumbly. And yeah. Now, what's interesting is... Um, is uh that's not how it is in other in other countries um i i i know for a fact in new zealand and, and i assume it's a british thing in general um and I, I know new zealand is not britain but they absorb the british culture so get off my back all right right? <laughs> They're still british subjects
0: if you were so good maybe you'd be part of yeah, australia maybe
3: you wouldn't have the queen on your money how about that down in front show at gmail.com i look forward yeah. to your letters yeah <laughs> if someone else's monarch is on your money <laughs> you might be a redneck Anyway, the point is, the point is that uh, God damn it. You know, this is from, uh, from uh, Renee who told me this and it was really kind of interesting and it's, it's such an interesting concept that I want to try it I want to try it on my sets because it would be I think in general better um, but she says for example in New Zealand on Xena Warrior Princess you know she was there for six years day in day out shooting a TV show hundreds of hours on set they don't have craft service in New Zealand they have tea break where well, okay they have tea break where and you know just, I'm listening. just like in just like in you know all british countries they have the you know the sort the, of the tea interval um happens and so instead of having a table of food where anytime anyone wants they can wander over and grab a handful of m&ms or whatever they want which in its own weird way is a little counterproductive because that in, people are doing in, that invariably when you need someone. Where are they? They're at Crafty. Is is the answer? Because um, they're like, oh, I wanted to get some of them, you know, peanut brittle bars before they were all gone. Um, what they do and what they did on Xena was they would have tea break where they, you know, and in, in addition to lunch break, which is you know standard lunch break as well. But in the morning, you halfway through your morning, halfway between start of work and lunch, you have a tea break of twenty minutes or whatever, where the entire crew stops working. And the what would be the craft service people in our equivalent bring out the tea, the coffee, the snacks, the little snack cakes, the whatever. And for 20 minutes, you just sit and have your break. Then you go back to work. Then you have lunch. Some, some Downton Abbey shit right there. It's, it's <laughs> second breakfast. You know, it's like it's <laughs> it's. And then in the middle of the day, you have the afternoon tea interval. Same story where it's like we're all going to sit. And, talk. And, and Renee said, first of all. It was good because there wasn't this constant attrition of people wandering off to the craft service table at all hours because, you know, Jesus Christ, it's only an hour till tea break. How hungry are you for God's sake? You know, you can wait, you can hold it. And she said, it also, it really helped. And on TV show, this is all the more important. Um, it really helped bond. Because oh, it, it, it literally was a time when everyone just kind of sat down and socialized, you know, it's like mm. literally we're none of us are doing anything but having tea now. So people would just go, it would just be, people would just form little groups and have their tea and eat their sandwich and, and chat. And he said, you really got to kind of hang out with the crew and your fellow workers that way. And it was more of a communal thing. It's like a family kind of atmosphere that way. And I'm really, now that we're setting up, we're setting up a pink five shoot a week from now. And we're talking about craft service and I don't have a spare dime for this project and everything. It's <laughs> like, could we do tea break? <laughs> <laughs> I totally want to try just as an experiment as a social experiment can we get American crews to accept the concept of tea break I bet you could
2: uh, I I would maybe coffee I would would, well yeah Yeah, but obviously coffee I I would
3: whatever I would say let
2: them know up front as opposed to them just being like where the fuck is the we're gonna have tea break it's
3: like well (laughs) craft service we don't tea breaks at 10 what are you talking about I mean you know the the (laughs) you make you make you know liquids available i mean there's still a cooler of water it's not like you don't you you know you can't you can't drink something until no you will eat cakes and drink tea but the whole idea of this this huge array of food that's always available is the thing that you're Mm. you're skipping which, which a is is more cost effective i think and b is is i think craft service has become a thing because it's so expected i think it has gone beyond its original point which is just to you know keep the crew happy and some snacks available now it's kind of this expected thing where this is substandard craft service i am unhappy with the quality of the piles of free food that's being provided (laughs) me 24 7 when i'm at work right it's it's become kind of an entitlement thing that's a little outgrown itself i think
2: and speaking of i I think that's a it's also a political thing too because i think i you know when when you're a director or a producer and you've got to the point where you're like you know, you're you're at the point where it's like, okay, please set up the next thing. I'm going to go to class <laughs> yeah. Like you you you're not the guy who's like, I would like to take that food out of my own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's very difficult to to get to get people at the level that could actually yeah. push for that to to get behind it's, it. I think, think
3: it's a hard thing to institute now in an American setting. Yeah. As opposed to it's just that's how they do it in New Zealand. You know, if you did it the opposite, I'm sure American productions have gone to New Zealand and the New Zealand crews have gone. What? there's peanuts all the time. What the hell? <laughs> what, what do I need peanuts for the rest of the time when it's not tea break? I can just come over and eat peanuts anytime. To no this, wonder I've got you a, Americans are losing. Job your, to do. Who am I going to
0: talk to? Yeah. No wonder you Americans are losing your place in the world. <laughs> to this day, I don't know how they pulled this off, but you know those like orange sort of Gatorade coolers that you'd see at like little league, little yeah. league soccer games, like those things, and you know you can fill it with whatever in the then, back of a road uh, crew uh, truck. Exactly. Yeah. Now you see those a lot, and it was a summer shoot and they had like six and you know they had water and they had lemonade and you know I think they had one with like fruit punch and one with this and one with that one with tea and one with my hand to god Red Bull I don't Ooh, know a, how the fuck a, they pulled that off a cooler of Red Bull uh, it was one of those things where you just, just refill your mug with some Red Bull oh my god they don't sell Red Bull in like no, two liters no they don't do that <laughs> <laughs> so that's, some poor bastard poor, was there was yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah. he was when like, like, yeah. 18, he was
2: done picking out the Lucky Charms with like yeah.
0: 18 with 18 pallets of Red Bull yeah. cans leaning away into the cooler so it doesn't like go flat and just slowly filling the pool with red bull so that people of course I had a lot of it cuz it was so cool and unique yeah. but you know <laughs> what mug of red uh, bull yeah, yeah or, it's just, poor pa you just you know you you're, you're clutching your mug of red bull you're checking your wallet ah it's tough shoot today <laughs> ooh it tastes like batteries <laughs> you know what do you do with a mug yeah. of red bull mm. anyway uh, have, have we pretty much uh, come pretty up much, on the end of this? We one thing we could
3: touch, touch on is the is uh, a subset of of general bit set behavior. Um, if you're a, if you're a visitor to the set, chances are where you're going to be is uh, what's known as Video Village.
0: Video Village, oh, um, yeah, that's good stuff. Let's and, talk about that.
3: Which has led some directors to to refer. John Badham calls them the vi- the, vi- the Video Village Idiots. <laughs> which is <laughs> that's those, awesome. Those Lucky loo people, you don't know who they are. They're the producer's nephew or somebody. Some guy in a fucking sport and coat. They come and they sit. And I've been to Video Village. You know, many times you know that's if you're a visitor to the set, that's where they're gonna put you. You're not gonna be standing off the side of the set, they're gonna put you by the Video Village is where the monitors are. And where you're out of the way pretty exactly. much because no but, one's coming through there. Yeah, Video Village mm-hmm. is always put in a place where it's out of it's traffic. Daycare. It's out of traffic <laughs> where the director and the production team can can look through the camera without being, you know, in the middle of the set. Um that's where folding chairs go. Exactly. And there's that's where all the directors that's when you see directors' chairs on a set, that's where they are. They're in Video Village, if they have them, and they're usually extras because people will wander over and sit down but it depends on the set you know um as you said earlier about f- it's it's kind of it's kind of just sort of established on a set if the director's like yeah sure come up and talk to me i don't care or who the fuck are you you know <laughs> get up. so so don't go whether you work there or you're just a visitor you know, don't go wandering up to Video Village and plunk yourself in the seat next to the director and go, sup, you know, if you don't know the story right. about what's going on. Um, and if you are at Video Village, like you were saying about don't mock the actors, et cetera, et cetera, don't stand, you know, in two rows behind the shot and go, well, oh, that looks stupid. Yeah. You know, because yeah. No matter what, you know, because within the earshot of the director or the DP or an actor, you know, any any director were the goddamn, if if some Yahoo stands there and says, boy, that wasn't a we release. Really I'm
0: sorry, who the fuck are you? Yeah, exactly. Get blew, off
3: my set. Yeah, blew that line. Which is, why, which is why I have a standard policy. I don't like visitors of any kind on the set. I will always try and say no. Just right. in general no. Because I find it, you know, which is, there's the great irony, I'll visit anyone else's set and I'll I'll, I'll beg like a mufo, <laughs> Hey guys, hey! I'll, I'll beg like a muffo to get on set, but I personally don't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was like, hey, if you're stupid enough to let visitors on your set, let me be one of them. That's right. fine. But, uh, you know, I, I like to foster an atmosphere of, let's focus, let's get this done. We can have fun, we can joke around but you know within the family you
0: know it's like Trey, i'm assuming at some point in your career you've been in the makeup trailer right sure yeah what's what's the atmosphere a whole like other world i was gonna too, say what's yeah. the atmosphere like in the makeup trailer because i've been in uh, normal trailers but i haven't been uh, like normal trailers on a set but i've never been in there and it seems like for four hours every morning everyone comes in here there must yeah. be some sort of a culture going on in there yeah you have to if if you if you and if, you, if you're a makeup artist you you got to find a way to get along
3: with your actor because you are spending some serious you best time like time together. together for months. I, is that why I actors would say,
1: I would say over half of a makeup artist's job is Politics. to socialize and entertain the actors and keep them, t- to yeah. wake them up in the morning, you know, to, to a- actually activate You're going to see them at their worst. You're going yeah, you know, right. to, you better,
0: you better, you know, you then, have to scoop
3: Carrie Fisher out of the wheelbarrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going you're to see them first thing in the morning. Is that whatever. why
0: actors have their makeup artists? A lot of times. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah.
1: But, yes. but yeah, well, you you're exactly right in the sense that being a makeup artist is i like that guy is an intensely political uh, process and personal thing but what's it like
3: in there it's like if you watch down to nabby it's like you're like the valet. you know you're the valet you're the you're the guy who's like are you gonna all right Get your underwear on here, all right? Looking good, you know. Same with wardrobe, wardrobe to a yeah. you know, equal to, to some, yeah, they kind of lesser linked. extent, yeah. you know. It's like they're that's very, very personal to you know to, as an actor. I you know my my few experiences as an actor on a professional thing, you know, at like was a freaking was a freaking Tellerite on the episode of Enterprise. It really is like okay, strip down to your boxers and let this team of indie pit crew come in. And just kind of
1: <laughs> <laughs> Put on the alien, you You know, and just
3: turn you into an alien. Like, all right, thank you, guys, and you know, look what you've done to me. And then they have to take you all apart at the end of the day, very carefully, right? They're not just tearing it off. Yeah, just dismantle you at the end of the day. That's it's almost it's almost an invasive experience. It's (laughs) like "Mm, it's like the TSA. Yeah,
0: I just I'm not. I'm not enjoying this part of the process very much. Um, I'm assuming they must have like a TV in there or something and they're just watching like episodes or whatever the fuck like like an an actor can bring in DVDs if he wants to. For example,
3: Bill, you know, my friend Bill who's made up, uh, you know, Many famous people over the course of many years and is is the personal makeup artist of Harrison Ford and Jim Carrey still, I believe. Um, Isn't he an Academy Award winner? He is also an Academy Award winner. My God. Yeah. He's doing pretty well for himself. A great guy, too. Um, Bill is, you know, and, and coming from creature effects makeup, you know, where it's not just you see them for 20 minutes in the morning. You're going to be dealing with if you're putting to turn someone into a creature for a movie. It's your call time is three thirty. You're spending eight hours a day, and that's not even them being on the set. You know that's just morning and afternoon, getting them in and out of their makeup. Um, And yeah, people can just go stir crazy after the you know the sixth week of sitting for four hours a day to get that freaking face glued on again. So so Bill Bill has anything and everything bill has music he has cds like you you know he has a cd player he he has a cd dvd player it's like you, you feel free to bring your own music in by all means feel free to bring a movie in i've got a he he has a huge stack of movies of all kinds you want know, just sometimes it gets to the point where i like, just put anything just anything just anything i can stare at while you glue that stuff to me for three hours but you know hey i got this movie i got this movie hey this just came in you want to see have you seen this i wonder Let's if he that. has
0: like internal rules for like be careful like, I wonder if he would try to have other movies that actor had been in or try not to. Hmm. Like, I don't know if you'd want to assuage the it, ego it, well, or if you want big, to be like, what, part what are, are you, you doing here?
3: And, you know, what are you, a we, fanboy? We could easily do a whole show. I'm sure Bill, just Bill telling his stories of things he's, he thinks he's done and how he does what he does because he's, he's great at it. Um, and obviously actors like him because they have him be their personal makeup artist. Um, he's, he's great at it. He's a fun guy. He's very funny and very entertaining and just the nicest guy in the world. So he's the, exactly the guy you want doing that kind of thing. Um, but it's really a case of... You, You know, what few things he's told me about that sort of stuff is, you know, you really have to know the actor. It's like, does the actor like like Mike was saying, does the actor like I have to go do this scene? Don't talk to me. Don't bug me. You know, just and just and to understand, like if the actor comes in, and he's quiet and just sitting there don't try and be chatty that day. He's got Mm -hmm. something on his mind, you know, or does that mean I need to engage him because he's too in his head right now? I mean, you have to know the person you're dealing with. Oh, Um, you know, sounds impossible. I would, I would be really bad at that job. It's it's tricky. You know, it's like, you know, you, and he's like, you know, and, and then you have to say, hi, I know you're deep in thought, but do you mind if I yank your eyelid up while I paint glue on the side of your head? You know, it's like, you have to just work all that into the Real process. It won't and be a it. moment. It lifts up nostril. Exactly. You know, this is the part where I pluck your eyebrows. Here we go. Doink. You know, so it's, uh, you know, all of that comes into play, but, um, you know, so sometimes you just have to be just quiet for three hours and just treat them like a wax figure. If that's how that morning is or how that actor is. And sometimes
0: you just got to be chatty as all hell. Um, and if you are an actor, we'll finish this off with that. Yeah. What just, I'm assuming the rules, the, if, if you just need rule of thumb shit, know your lines and have a good attitude. Is that basically it? That's, that's, that's the I minimum. Marks. That's the minimum requirements. Yeah. Requirement. Marks. yeah. yeah. be able to hit your marks.
3: Well, being able to hit your marks is is
0: that's something that's, that's great. When
3: you're on the set, you're talking about preparedness. <laughs> be nice to everyone, and at least if they've given you your lines, know them. That's, right. That's the minimum amount of you know that's that's any an actor who doesn't do that is not respecting the process and the rest of the crew really you know it's who do you
0: like think
1: you are brando <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> don't walk away between takes i mean i heard a story of an actor like that you know it's like between setups is one thing you know it's like oh it's gonna be 10 minutes okay i'm gonna go make a phone call yeah but, but don't takes. do that between yeah but don't do that between takes because it's uh you know yeah it needs you right back the um a lot of people talk about again set
3: etiquette for actors um and they talk, they tell endless stories about actors that do and don't do this, is, you know, you're shooting a scene of two people talking. You're going to shoot, mm. most likely, you're going to shoot a shot of them, the two of them, and then you're going to shoot a shot of one of them, and you're going to shoot a shot of the other one. Well, who are they talking to when it's a shot of just them? If their co-star is a nice actor and a giving actor, they will still be there off camera to play the scene just as they did before. If the other actor is a, a shitty, selfish person, they're in their trailer and... You know, a script PA is reading the lines off camera to the actor. Who and
0: probably to, not performing and, and giving any actor yeah, right. and, the and actor
3: anything. Right. And
1: sometimes that actor doesn't have a choice. In in, sometimes, you know, yeah, sometimes. in television, it's like, okay, we have paid you for 12 hours yeah. and this is your twelfth hours. So, yeah. Or, we're, you go. or we're,
3: we're shooting, you know, we're shooting two setups today. You go run beyond that other setup. You yeah, know, You need to be in that other scene we're shooting now. There so sometimes a, it's unforeseen. It's what actors really tend to get peeved about. And I certainly sympathize is when an actor just says, I got my shot. right? I'm out of here yeah. right. for no
0: other reason right. you
3: know, other than, well...
0: I have done my job. Who ex- are you?
3: <laughs> exactly. Right. You've done the shot of me. I'm happy. And gone. And people, and, and conversely people will always talk about, it was so great how so-and-so came in, I mean someone said this recently about, I think it was Bruce Greenwood or someone like that, said there was a scene where he was literally just on the phone with another character. And the act, it was the actor who was on the phone with Bruce Greenwood's character, was the one being shot. Bruce Greenwood was literally just a voiceover. He was not going to vis- visibly appear in the scene at all but he showed up and he showed up think.
0: just to act the voice of the, on the phone oh the other actor yeah i have two things about that yeah. that that one reminds me of uh you know who you will find on the set of a transformers movie peter Collin. hmm Oh, good. For him. He'll show up with a microphone and he's going to do Optimus every single take. Nice. They're not going to pre-roll some piece of audio they have, you know, on, on a tape somewhere. He's going to sit there with the microphone. He's going to do the scene. That's he cool. He clearly loves doing Optimus, though, yeah. so it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't yeah. surprise and, uh, me. And secondarily, there's a great story about what we were just talking about, about Kevin Pollack, where mm. for one reason or another, when they were doing the final courtroom scene in A Few Good Men, Nicholson left i don't know why maybe he had a reason maybe he was just being a douche i don't know but he was not there and that was all the when they were getting the reverses on tom cruise doing the i want the tr-, that all yeah. stuff or at least parts of that scene where it's nicholson in a heated thing talking with tom cruise and nicholson wasn't there for tom's shots you know who was in the room though just incidentally because he had to be there anyway kevin pollock and he kevin pollock who he does did. a perfect Zach nicholson, nicholson. <laughs> and and apparently tom cruise is like dude thank you you are you, he's doing it as well as nicholson as nicholson and then the <laughs> so the, the version of the story that i heard separately kevin Pollock tell is that at one point he was in the edit room with rob reiner for some other thing and he was and rob reiner made some comment like man i i, I wish we had been rolling on nicholson for this particular take because his performance was perfect even though we were on tom and kevin Pollock was like that was me. That was not Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you, you are listening to my voice.
2: There was I, I remember hearing a thing about um on uh and of, and of course I we've we've mentioned it although I'm not sure any of these episodes ever actually went up but regarding Tom Hanks um because he is, you know, the nicest guy in Hollywood Does, and all of his that. His name you is hear, Thanks. Yeah, you hear the most you hear the most amazing
3: stories yeah. about him and how great he is. It is pretty amazing how it's like I don't I I I can't find a bad Tom Hanks Yeah, yeah. But there's no such thing as a negative Tom. There Hankster. was
2: there was a behind the scenes of uh, the Green Mile, and Darabont was talking about there was a there was the there's the scene basically right before they they execute John Coffey, and they were doing Spoilers. The, yeah they were doing the um they had done. Tom Hanks' stuff already and so they had turned it around that was just a it wasn't over the shoulder or anything. super was emotional just, scene yeah it was just a one shot on uh, um, you Duncan. know Michael Clark, Michael Clark Duncan rest in peace
1: and <laughs> <laughs> and that's right that did happen yeah Yeah.
2: so it was close on him and like you say it's a super emotional scene and stuff like that and he was he was there giving him the lines but according to Darabont and actually there's even some behind the scenes footage of it and it's like Tom Hanks with like the camera like in his eye right he's like sitting right next to it to give the right eye line and and Darabont is like not only is he there with him but he's giving like an Academy Award caliber performance like he's going in and he's he's crying crying and and he's doing the whole thing even though so none of that could ever possibly be because he's giving it to Michael Clark Duncan so that he's got something to to, to react draw to. from and yeah. to, to you know George get a great Lucas
3: does something like that, that
0: too yeah. <laughs> yeah he yells from across
3: the room yeah. faster
0: more intense yeah actors love that actors love that oh uh, any notes yeah. Faster 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 more, faster. Intense. Faster. more, intense. more intense. make more intense. make it rhyme <laughs> thematically.
3: <laughs>
0: it's well again That people, sucks some, make it rhyme Some people <laughs> make you know,
3: some people can deal with actors and some people just don't have any skills or interest in developing skills that way yeah. i um the experience uh, one more actor story that uh, comes from uh, pet cemetery 2 um mm. which uh, is is a is a movie that i keep saying well we could always do pet cemetery 2 which you... has no particular reason to do it other than i can talk for the entire length of that movie because i was on set the whole time were you in sag at that
0: point because you were on not. screen
3: i was not in sag what <laughs>
0: Cool, uh, but got, you're an
3: extra in it, so you don't. Hey, have we're a line, in Georgia, so baby, not, right to work state. Uh, uh, right, right. Uh, um, it's actually we're in, the town, we're in we shot uh, uh, Pet Cemetery in the town of Sonoy, Georgia, um, which is where they're shooting the season of Walking Dead, Georgia. Uh, so the the walled off community um, uh, that's going to be in the this season of Walking Dead is uh, is being shot in downtown so downtown Senoy, being a street. Um, <laughs> that's exactly where <laughs> a we wide shot spot. Pet Two it is a wide spot on the highway to Atlanta. Uh, but uh, in Pet Cemetery Two. Uh, um, there's an actress uh, named Darlan, uh, Darlan uh, Love, Darlene Love. I believe Darlan Love. I think I think it was Darlan is her name. I think um, Love, um, who who plays a very brief role. Um, she plays a woman uh, at the beginning of the movie who dies in an accident on 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 the set of a movie. Um, and yet I'm the one who kills her. <laughs> that's, that's that is. So check that out. Um, it's on Netflix. Yeah. First I, five minutes. I don't kill her on purpose. I'm just a stupid puppeteer doing a dumb thing, <laughs> uh, who clearly doesn't know proper set etiquette and, and and tips over an electrical box. And next thing you know, an actress gets electrocuted. It's it's based on a true story. Um, the so Michael
0: she, rest in peace. Exactly. She played this <laughs> actress who
3: who um, she she dies. Um, she's the mother of uh, of Ernie Furlong. Um. Ernie Fur- and Edward, the, uh, e- Edward e- Furlong. Edward Furlong. Edward Furlong. Thank you. And and uh, and. Uh, and anthony edwards is her, is her husband and uh, and so of course she dies at the beginning and the whole movie is about oh my god mom's dead and you know all the angst from that we move to the main town where they reanimate corpses by burying them in pet cemetery kid can't take it anymore takes his mom's corpse to the pet cemetery she comes to, she comes back as a zombie at the end that's the that's the big finish is zombie mom comes back so this woman uh, this actress who's very cool is only in this very short scene in the beginning and then she's only in the climax of the movie at the end um in the scene at the end, she is a zombie and of course, she's been conventionally buried and then taken to the pet cemetery and comes back as the you know it's not a zombie, but you're, you're come back into some ancient evil spirit is basically inhabiting you so she looks like herself she looks like she, when she's buried she's all beautiful and made up and pretty and whatever and then they have a there's a action scene and and they're in an attic of a house and the a, a, a fire starts and the whole place is going up in flames and she because she was all scarred when she died um she's all made up with mortician's wax so she starts to melt all the little mm. crevices in her face start to melt and the wax starts to melt away and starts to reveal all these like scars from when she was that's dead. gnarly that's, cool it's gnarly stuff so so this this now again that's the scene To get that scene, the actress had to be in makeup for hours and hours and hours all that morning to have all these little channels and tubes and little wire, you know, little monofilament gags all like taped into her face and then have beauty makeup all applied on top of that and all have it be ready to to literally be, you know melted by having we were, you know, all these little tubes that were hidden up under her hair and under her wig and, and and all these little syringes that were coming out of the back of her neck um, and down to these syringes where we could push these syringes from below and all these little bubbles and tubes and fluids would start to leak out of her face and we'd pull the little strings and it would start to reveal these crevices in her face and all that kind of stuff. So she's been months, you know, hours and hours and hours in makeup just getting that put on. Then she comes to the set. They stand her up on an apple box in this set, this wooden attic set, stand her up on an apple box. All of us effects guys, at least five of us, all gather in a circle around her. We're all kneeling at her feet like she's some kind of weird goddess up on an apple box. The tubes on the syringes were not really that long. So we all have our hands, five guys, we got our hands, both hands, up her dress to get to the hedge, to get hold of these syringes that are coming down from her head. So there's five guys in a circle with their hands up her skirt, with syringes in their hands. The camera's on her, like, from the, from the shoulders up, getting a close shot of her. Then they set the room on fire. <laughs>
1: That sounds like an aristocrat's joke. Exactly. It sounds like an
3: aristocrat's joke. Then we start pumping syringes. She's got pus blowing out of her face all over the place while we pull wires that rip pieces of flesh down off of her face. The room is on fire around her. The camera's in a close-up on her. And Mary Lambert, the director from 10 feet away, goes, and cry. (laughs) And I was like. Oh. don't ever tell me acting is easy. Right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Especially I was like, you know, that, that was really for me. That was a fairly early film for me. Um, and certainly a film, the first film that I had been on the set that much, right. where I'd been really, really part of the process of making a film. The abyss, we just came in, did our thing, kind of saw some other filmmaking, but pulled out again, pet cemetery. We were there. We were there all the time, part of the project. And I really got to see the whole process really for the first time more than any other. And it was on that project where I, that's where I evolved this, you know, great respect for actors and, and, you know, even bad actors, it's like, you know, not, not nothing to do with their talent, but just in terms of what they are called upon to do sometimes, nah. um, you have to respect that. And you have to understand that if you make the slightest, like. Oh man, if you had cracked a yeah. joke at that moment, yeah, like, yeah, I, man, you know, I should have been, I would, have, I should have been fired and, and would have rightly been fired. Yeah. And a couple of our guys on the crew in between takes, they would make some crack. And I, you know, I, I was nominally the, the head of our crew. You know, I, I clamped down on that. I said, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't not around me. And ho- hopefully never, you know, yeah. but think about what that woman just went through. <laughs> you yeah. try and do a performance, you know, um, uh, she had a the, the the head stunt guy was behind her with a wet safety blanket he was the sixth guy kneeling at her feet because he would literally as soon as they called cut he would jump up and throw the blanket over her because the heat from the wall on fire behind it we were all smoldering yeah. because they just kept shooting and the reflected heat we're all just getting baked you know and she was the closest to it he would literally just jump up and be a human shield against that fire as soon as they would let him come in you know that's that's what you know acting it's not easy. So, so ever since then, and that, but that was absolutely the turning point, you know, where I would have been a guy, you know, that was after the abyss. So, um, I think, yeah, I would have been after the abyss, you know, after that, I would have been the one to go, Trey, what the fuck? Settle. (laughs) There's a man acting here for God's sake. Right. (laughs) Uh, That's, you know, that's, it wasn't until later that I really got you know, what that's like. So, so again, we're talking about set etiquette, especially as a visitor, especially, especially, especially as a visitor. If you ever end up a set, I think the summation of everything we've talked about is don't get in anyone's way. Don't touch nothing that you don't need to touch. <laughs> Occupy zero footprint. Don't talk to nobody that you don't know if you can talk to them or not and just... Be just yeah, be a hole in the water. (laughs) Just just be eyes and ears and ready to get out of the way if someone's coming towards you. And
0: it's going to be fun. It's cool. It's cool cool to watch. It's just you know, once once you they're doing a thing here. Once you've if you've never literally never been
3: on a set, you absolutely just get against a wall and watch how it's done for as long as you can because you'll see the you'll see how the dance is performed and you'll start to get a sense of it. But walking on the first time just. Stay out of the way, (laughs) just for your own, for your own, for your own safety. And if you ever come to one of my sets,
1: (laughs) especially for your safety, if you end up on one
0: of my sets, stay out of the way. Cool. Are we anything else? Any other obscure terms or anything we want to go into while we're here? We'll probably remember when when somebody says uh, they're going ten one. That
1: means they're going to the bathroom. Yeah, Mm. that's right out of CB lingo. Yeah, trucker lingo. Ten one means going to the bathroom.
0: One of my favorite things 10, is 100
1: something, sometimes, it is too. I never heard 10, 100. I always yeah. just hear one.
0: One of my favorite things is one that I hadn't heard of until. Laura Beth told Trey, who told me about it. I
1: don't know <laughs> if,
0: you if you want to go into that one. Up. I don't know if this you is want... very obscure. I don't know. if This is general usage. I've only heard of it. I've heard Laura someone Beth. else say it. I've heard it oh from, God, okay. from your crowd, and then from somewhere else. Do you All want to right. do you want to explain it, or shall oh I? God, I? I? I bet it's... I know it's going to be because I'm pretty sure he said it to me <laughs> last, night. Ever, ever since, it last ever was night.
3: ever since the disastrous time I had to say it on uh, on that show, uh, yeah, it's it's a Laura Beth, who is a DP I've worked with on many projects, including Pink Five. Laura Beth is the shit. She's awesome. She's an amazing DP. She's doing quite well. Um she was pretty quite close out of school when we first started working on uh, Pink 5 but you know she's been working as a cinematographer ever since um and I'll be working with her next weekend um Laura Beth taught me this phrase at some point either shooting Arc or or Pink 5 at some point um we're talking about we're talking about shots um there's a a phrase and she got it from someone else and uh, to her eternal regret she meant she used it in front of me um a a, <laughs> a, a phrase, when you're talking about shots there are all kinds of you know some OTS, shot, and OTS and this cowboy shot and cowboy shot Chinese dolly has kind of fallen out of favor Wait, what's
0: a cowboy from, shot
2: cowboy
3: shot is like is from the, the knees up from the knees up so
2: you can get the gun in the holster as and well the, or, or
3: a typical shot of someone on a horse you know gotcha what's shot. a what's a Chinese dolly Chinese dolly has kind of fallen out of favor but it's a it's a dolly that moves in a certain angle relative to the action because it's slanted yes yeah. that's what it means <laughs> that's why they don't wow. that's why they don't say that anymore. that's why they rarely say it anymore but what they do say speaking
0: of politically incorrect terminology
3: in certain, uh, well, M.O.S. of course means, without sound! Yeah, but uh, I love that one, though. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah.
0: But, uh, if you're filming a take with no audio, it's M.O.S. And a German director. it's A German mm. director
2: said without sound, sound, and now and everyone thought that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, for all time, it's that's where M.O.S. <laughs> uh,
3: anyway, so the, the phrase that Laura Beth taught me, and she, she she grimaced as she told it to me. She goes, you know, just because okay, it, it was a ridiculous thing, but uh, the, 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 the phrase is a mother-daughter shot. <laughs> uh, and a mother-daughter shot, what the it, well, it is. It's two shots. Mother, Is this a mother? You'd say, is this a, what is this? Is this a close-up? Is it a cowboy? Is it a mother-daughter? Um, a mother-daughter is two shots. It's a wide shot of a subject, and then it's a closer shot of a subject. Um, and it's called a mother-daughter because it's the same thing, just tighter. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a wrap This oh, has been Down night, in Front everybody. You can always find more episodes so, At downinfront.net <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to us on iTunes Get a brand new episode Every single week <laughs> <laughs> Twitter.com Facebook Down in Front Show, Email us at Show At gmail.com Go to the forum Involve yourself in the conversation Lots of great people there Come hang out And talk about movies with us It's really cool Buy our shirts Give us money uh, Matt Veda Is a really cool guy Holden Hill Designed to maintain the website My name is T. Christie. Mike, Mike Scott That's the martini <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> Oh it's oh, martini
1: The heavy singer <laughs> yeah. What's the
0: martini Martini's the last shot of the day Good night good night
3: and the Abbey singer is it's the
2: second of, second, is to, is the the last second to last shot,
3: named after supposedly a producer who couldn't wait for the last shot. To yeah, have a martini. so he
2: kept calling, well, he, or he kept calling okay, the martini I'm calling for shot for one more, calling for but, one more. Just, yeah, he he says, uh, last night we were shooting, and and. I, I was doing what was what is basically a mother daughter setup. Mm. He says that to me. He's like, "Oh, so this is the mother daughter." I was like, "What is that?" And he says <laughs> same thing. Only tighter. And and he says this to me at like two thirty in
1: the morning. <laughs> and
2: I'm like, I cannot even handle this right now. I cannot even deal with the fact that you just said that. Let's yes, it's that. Let's move on. Whatever. What, yeah, That's it's that. Yeah. Yes, I will laugh at this tomorrow yeah. after yeah. sleep. <laughs>